is no better place. It's time to talk. The only way to get anything done in Cork is down to the internet. Right, you know? There you go. Fair play. Talk to Neil that's, that's a Cork threat at this stage, I think. <laughs> the Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. I just love Cork people. Conversation that matters. Certainly do be part of the conversation. The Neil Prenderville Show with Mercedes-Benz Cork. Now, more on this a little later on, but today marks the beginning of Lent. It is Ash Wednesday. You don't see as much ash around anymore on people's foreheads, do you? It seems to be a dying uh, tradition, but yet today marks the 40 days of Lent. And, uh, and I suppose, uh, again, you have to remember the uh, Christian and the religious aspect to this. Uh, according to the Gospels, Jesus uh, fasting in the desert for 40 days. Uh, the papers talk about it in the inside pages, and I'll come back and talk a little later about that uh, as we go through the morning. I guess that's why people have a big feast uh, on Shrove Tuesday with all of the pancakes and what have you. And then we barrel on and behave and put ourselves through all sorts of uh, dinner. Denial uh, for 40 days, or at least that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, interestingly, um, the st- story making the online examiner this morning that doesn't, I don't believe it makes the paper just yet, is the fact if you look at the entire island of Ireland, all around our coast and everything that that entails, we have only one naval patrol ship operating now in Irish waters, just one of them. Absolutely bizarre. But the story that dominates uh, most of the papers today, particularly the Red Tops, uh, have to do uh, with the very sad and tragic death of a little six-year-old lad uh, whose life was taken uh, last week, Matthew Healy's death, because a woman uh, was last night charged with the murder of her six-year-old son, and she can now be named as Ruth Purcell Healy, 37 years old, and she was before Waterford District Court in connection with the charge over Matthew Healy's death last week. When invited to reply to the charge, she said, no, thank you. Uh, The headlines this morning, the son says, mum on Matt murder charge. Um, Same headline actually making the mirror today, brought before a special sitting of Waterford District Court around 9pm. Story is picked up in the star that says mum's murder charge in custody. Uh, because uh, Matthew actually will be will be buried today with family and loved ones. He was found dead in the back of the car in Dunmore East on February 9th. And um, the, one, one of the more disgusting um, aspects of living in the 21st century is people's inhumanity um, to man and, and to others and those that seek to make money out of other people's tragedy and grief. I know I mentioned this last week in connection to other funerals, but as it's put in this morning's uh, mirror, Joe Shea says sick con artists have created social media profiles uh, claiming to be in memorial to the tragic passing of Matthew Healy. And they have put links up to the live coverage of the funeral service from the Church of the Immaculate Conception in Watergrass Hill. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me, <coughs> I'm not 100% sure, but it wouldn't surprise me that they're not charging people uh, to click on the link uh, and uh, to view the funeral. Even if that even happens, it's probably just a way of fishing or robbing people's money. Um, in other court stories from uh, yesterday, the DPP has now directed that Richard Satchwell will stand trial for the murder of his wife, Tina. And that decision was, was made yesterday. The 57-year-old truck driver who continues to be remanded in custody. So that's a story that makes the echo today. And it also makes the sun this morning where they say the date of his trial will be finalised within the next few months. But he appeared in court uh, on a few different occasions, um, but he was charged after guards found his wife's remains. They were excavating a concrete floor in a walled-up area under the stairwell in the home on uh, Grattan Street in, in, in Yall and found 
uh, Tina's remains there. She'd been missing since March of 2017. So Satchwell trial on Tina murder, that will happen. In fact, with regards to investigating crime, there's an interesting spread in the Examiner this morning where they break down every single Garda station right across the city, the suburbs and the county. And they say that the Garda numbers in many of County Cork stations has fallen or at best stayed the same in the past 10 years, in spite of our rapid growing population. The census of 2022 now puts our population up 8% on the last one. And we now stand at just over 584,000 across Cork City and County. It's a massive county when you think of it. But yet our Gardaí stay either the same or in many Garda stations around the county, a drop in Garda personnel. Toy Show the Musical, actually that should be Toy Show the Musical Flop, makes many of the papers this morning because it's like drip feeding information. Um, Toy Show the Musical writers reveal the chaos backstage. There's an interesting angle to this actually in the sun today uh, where we were told yesterday that nine out of ten musicals fail. Now, you hear of the big, huge blockbusters like your Hamilton and your, um, uh, you know, stuff like Les Miserables and Phantom of the Opera and things like that. But nine out of ten of them fail. I remember a huge production was put on on Broadway, a musical on the life and times of Gráinne Whale. It absolutely bombed and flopped in America. And you would have thought, and it, it wasn't that bad, to be quite honest with you. But the threshold and the bar for musicals is very, very high. Um, so Moya Doherty is quoted in many of the papers this morning. So is the business minister, Simon Coveney's brother, Rory, the driving force behind uh, toy show, the musical Flop and it's covered in many, many newspapers there's one interesting court report uh, where they talk of, and listen if you're injured um, and, and, uh, and, and, and your life changes substantially and significantly because of it, you, you are allowed to go to court and seek recompense and damages but papers this morning are making a big deal about a woman who claimed uh, she developed a repetitive strain injury from loading and unloading an allegedly false dishwashing machine at work uh, has settled a 60,000 euro damages claim against a former employer. Uh, she said the machine that she was using constantly was defective and it required extra physical strength to load and unload it as a result of which she suffered a repetitive strain injury to the left side of her body. So that was settled uh, for 60 grand. And other money matters, of course, it was telling me yesterday about the fireman's rest. It was used way back in the early days in the early 1900s by uh, firemen. Um, but then for many years later, it was used by uh, bus Aaron and CIE workers. So um, they've done a beautiful job. Don't get me wrong. It looks absolutely smashing on Anglesey Street. But now uh, the examiner is, uh, and the Echo as well are speculating that it could actually go over the 300,000 euro mark. So what we really need at this stage and what the likes of Ken O'Flynn need to do at council and others like him is get a detailed breakdown of every single cent that was spent to bring it up to at least and probably higher than 300,000 euro, don't you think? Um, and it's amazing what you can do with things when you put a bit of ingenuity into it and a bit of thought. There's a graphic designer up the country. He's up in Meath, right? He got himself a 4,000 euro horse box. Now, it's quite a big horse box, but it's still a horse box. And he um, turned it into a one-bedroom home. And outside it, he's got an outdoor jacuzzi, a bar, and is attached a full kitchen to it. But it is and started its life as a horse box. He put 25 grand into the renovation, and now he's renting it out on Airbnb for up to 200 euro a night. In fact, it's going so well for the lad, Jamie Duff, at the age of 24, that he's bought himself another 
horse box and he's doing the same. I wonder, would it be great someday at some stage to try and get calls going on people? You know, I mean, I, I'm talking regularly with the girl who's building her own house in fairness to her and I'll update with her again soon. It wouldn't be great if people came up with stories about how, you know, this is a horse box. Um, I mean, years and years ago, the old big Ford's boxes from down at the Ford's factory, people were taking those and bringing them down to the likes of Myrtleville and turning them into homes and chalets and stuff. It'd be great to hear of more stories like that. For those of you who love your television, um, the return of Downton, I don't know if that's a great... I don't know if Downton really has kind of done its thing. I was, a hu- I was a huge fan of it. I thought the film there was awfully disappointing. But anyway, what do I know? Apparently fans are delighted to hear that filming has secretly started on a new series of Downton Abbey. So that would make it um, a seventh series, I suppose. Um, the last episode of which was aired a little over eight years ago. So why not? There are a lot of fans out there. Desperate, I'm desperately looking for new TV. It's an awful lull at the moment. I'm kind of waiting for the last episodes of True Detective to land and then we can binge watch it. But has anybody noticed there's a bit of a drought on recently? For anybody that likes kind of like crime or suspense or espionage or spying and stuff, the other day we watched over, actually it was over the weekend we watched a great kind of a mini-series called Ghost of Beirut it was a fantastic show Ghost of Beirut so um, a bit of a, a plea for you an appeal out there anybody got any great shows or box sets to watch from crime and suspense and espionage ah yes he's a, he has something for me I think well, I don't know about crime suspense and espionage the man, the man who hasn't even got the Valentine's card back yet <laughs> Okay, just out me, just out me there now. Thanks a million, Neil. Brilliant, brilliant. Look, if there's any uh, shops around want to sponsor a Valentine's card, even got to cost cutters or deals. Shocking. Get a one ninety nine red red card. Nothing. Shocking. Look, will somebody please hold back a a, a bouquet of flowers for me for the day? I have bouquets to give away just before quitting time today from Stacey at Shandon Flowers. I might just give you a bouquet. Yeah, I might have to. You should be mortified. (laughs) You should mortification. Genuinely, I'm mortified. I normally have a bought one in advance. Oh my god. I could have bought one Some excuse for me, like, and I was over 30 years married, like, in fairness. <laughs> if anything, you should be better than I am. I'm saying yeah, some excuse for me to forget. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going off on a rant. What have you got going? I'm just saying, given the day that's in it, and uh, speaking of Valentine's, uh, one of the things I would strongly recommend anybody who's looking for something this evening to watch is a brilliant show called Love on the Spectrum. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a Netflix show. It's about people who have autism. I and like they, the sound of that. They matchmake kind of people with autism. It is superbly done. You know the way sometimes, like I know there's one in the UK that's called The Undateables, and you kind of feel a little bit like they're taking the mickey out of the people who they're but it's not don't that like that. surely no, no it's not kind it's of it's really well done it's really well done it shows their personalities it, for, there's an Australian one and there's two seasons of the American one it is exceptional what's it called viewing. Love it's on called the Spectrum Love on the Spectrum okay. I'd highly recommend it for a Valentine's watch tonight okay I'll take it's that it's really funny but, but I'm also in the search also for crime crime drama espionage spying stuff like that uh, goes down a bomb in our house so uh, get thinking about that was one was there the flood was that out recently I think there, 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 that was a crime uh, one where the, yeah. there was a murder after the flood happened no, no. I don't know I kind of read the reviews that. I don't know maybe I'm missing out on something yeah. when, when, when we had heavy rain and people got flooded and the police had to go and rescue people I think that, no that it? no it's kind of, I think there was a murder during a, uh, during a flood and then the flood waters recede the body is found oh, and I think it goes from there no, I think that's BBC my interest. Yeah, All right. I think okay. that's BBC but I'm not one for mur- my my dad is big into the, the old murder mystery. He loves a bit of um, uh, Volander. Do you remember Volander? The, the Swedish that he loves a bit of uh, crime noir. Oh, the Scandinavian stuff, crime noir. Uh, I love that, that stuff. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Van der Valken. Yeah. Coming out of Denmark and things. Yeah. yeah love okay. that. All right. Anything okay. that happens on the Orison Bridge, usually he'll be found watching. Can I talk it. also <laughs> about uh, cheers for that text 
104106. Uh, Kevin's talking about love. Uh, matchmakers are in huge demand these days. The Independent is saying that many people are now turning away from dating apps and they're turning instead to professional matchmakers. And one agency is saying that business is absolutely booming. So more about that later on when we talk about love and the day that's in it. And I see a lovely story in the sun today of a fella who's renting himself out as a Romeo, um, a, a ladies' man, and you can rent his time. His name is Willie Mullins. He's a, no, he's not. He's a Willie Mullins lookalike, I should say. He's a singer, Anthony O'Flaherty. Uh, and apparently he offers four packages to women, priced from €200 euro all the way up to €2,000. Um, and apparently it goes from hand-holding all the way up to private kissing when he says goodnight to you. But it's, it's, it's old-style romance. Now, it's not kind of sleazy or anything like this. This is just old-style, uh, where he treats, treats women uh, with the love and respect they deserve. Um, and that's a story that makes the papers. And, of course, from yesterday, for the day that was in it, uh, we were talking about pancakes. And uh, I don't know whether you guys uh, got to see um, a montage of the video of myself and Claire yesterday. Claire out buying all of the goodies in the supermarket, bringing them in here. And then we trialled your, um, your pancake fillings which people were texting us yesterday uh, we did um, some great video of uh, that yesterday uh, and I've just put up my Instagram page you want to have a look at it, it's about two minutes of, uh, of funny audio of me eating all the different, pe- of, uh, different selections of, of pancakes but one of them did involve Nutella yesterday and I see Nigella Lawson has said that she thinks Nutella on pancakes is vulgar simple as and um, I'm not so quite sure that I'd use the word vulgar but I kind of go along with her peanut butter yes uh, but Nutella no and the story actually that I kind of half mentioned yesterday with regards to eating habits the star have drilled into that a little bit more this morning where they talk about the you know the word ick people's icks it's a new word so there's a, a top food turnoff or an ick now there's many of them including licking fingers while eating people probably do that when they are eating uh, chicken wings it suggested actually that on a first date you should not order uh, buffalo chicken wings but licking fingers while eating double dipping which drives my daughter absolutely insane when I do be doing it that is you take a chip or something First you uh, dip it in the ketchup and then you dip it in the mayonnaise. Um, uh, Double dipping, eating with your mouth open or indeed you could also double dip by taking a chip, dipping it in the ketchup, eating it, half of it and dipping the... (laughs) Dipping the second half back in to the ketchup. But anyway, so you got double dipping, uh, licking your fingers, eating with your mouth open. Uh, people who, there are others, a nick for people is people who are, are out, uh, say, having a meal and, and somebody's with them and they're rude to raider, waiters. I find that mortifying actually when people do that. It's awfully, awfully rude. Someone um, who eats something goes, yuck, and spits it back onto their plate. It means people actually do that. Playing with your food criticizing someone's cooking or in um, in in my life anyway certainly in a, a member of my family putting ketchup on every meal doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter what it is even if it doesn't actually traditionally go with it ketchup on every meal and a final news story that's breaking uh, this morning or at least it broke yesterday afternoon when I was off the air and that's the very beautiful Ballinatray house down on the Blackwater one side of the Blackwater is Cork 
on the all area and on the other side of it of course is the county Waterford but that beautiful beautiful massive big home it's an enormous house um, it's like on 850 acres it's a big Georgian mansion um, it's been sold apparently and you know who's gone and bought it the man that makes the vacuum cleaners James Dyson it's supposed to be worth 25 billion euro and they figure that he'll be able to get there to Ballinatray by sea or by air because he's got private jets, he's got a 15-seater helicopter, he's got a 91-meter private super yacht. That's not going to go up the Blackwater, incidentally, but he's bought it, apparently, um, for something in the region of €35 million. Euro. It's a cracking property, but that's big money, lads. Text or WhatsApp Neil now. 0868-104-106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. With Mercedes-Benz Cork, get involved in the conversation. Of course, the big giveaway today and all week long is our uh, wonderful giveaway with the Metropole Hotel. We've got overnights for two people, you and whomever you choose to take with you. I love the Metropole. It's a gorgeous hotel, four-star, and it's one of the finest hotels in Lisa and has been for many, many years now great location and it's your opportunity to head in there for an overnight. There'll be treats in your room when you arrive. There'll be dinner for two in the Met Bar and Restaurant. The food is awesome there. And then you'll have the most gorgeous breakfast the following morning in the Riverview Dining Room. So we're encouraging you to tell us all about your stories of love and first dates. They can be good. They can be bad. They can be disastrous. There's a story in one of the papers this morning. Uh, I don't have it in front of me now but I think they call it, um, I think it's called Foodie Calls. Uh, apparently where people actually don't fancy the date that they're going on. It's big in America apparently where many women admit to going on foodie calls. Um, It's just a date where you go out for dinner and the man pays and the only reason you go is to get a free dinner. You have no interest in the date at all. Um, But anyway, stories like that. Keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. Talking about food, incidentally. I want to do this before the morning gets away from me. Everybody uses Deliveroo. And there are many delivery services and people out on bikes. They can be on electric bikes. They can be on old-fashioned rotors. They can be on motorbikes. They can be on e-scooters. They can be in motor cars. The lot. But apparently, there's a story breaking that uh, food delivery riders in Dublin are going to go on strike today. Now, today's going to be a very busy day for takeout and food being delivered because people will be sitting down, want to have romantic meals, but not have to cook them. And the reason that they're going on strike today is to protest against insufficient pay rates. So by all accounts, a group of them have come together um, uh, and they say at 5 o'clock today, they won't use their delivery apps between 5 and 10 p.m. And that probably, if it takes off, will cause an awful lot of chaos. An awful lot of them come from the likes of Brazil and other South American countries, but they're making peanuts by all accounts. And, and I was reading this morning that some of them make as little as one euro per order. But I was curious as to whether the same thing might at some stage happen in Cork. And over the past a few couple of years, I've had the opportunity to talk to Dave Griffin on this subject because he would be now Cork's longest serving delivery driver. Dave, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, good, my man. Thanks for taking the call again this morning. Could, could this happen on Lee's side? I mean, talk to me about the reasons why they're literally turning off their app. Well, especially, I mean, as you um, would have heard earlier, it, it's really down to what they're getting paid. You know, and, and, and not just what they're getting paid, but it, it, it's, it's everything else that's going on as well. Like, the, you know, the the people that are getting attacked and, and the the abuse that they're having to put up with while they're on the street, the, the dangers of being on the street. There, there, there's a, a whole load of 
of different um, being attacked reasons I suppose dealing well, with abuse know, there's a lot of it going on um, like not so much in Cork I admit um, and, but like in Dublin certainly I mean you've heard in the past the, the different writers that have been attacked and you know their 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 mopeds or their scooters have been taken That's off right. them or, right. or you yeah. know I mean like just lads just trying to do a job you know so yeah, yeah. Um, but like um, as, I, as I was listening there earlier, I, I was hearing like that they they were getting up down to a euro a delivery uh, in Dublin. Um, I haven't seen that in Cork. I have seen seventy five cent for a second delivery. You know, you're picking up one order, then you might be getting four euros for three fifty for. Yeah. Uh, and then while you're there it's offering you a second delivery and it might be giving you 75 cents to do the and it could delivery. be a, a fair distance from the first one could it? Um, it could be a bit of a, dif- a, bit okay. of a dif- different uh, distance and um, the other thing could be you could be getting maybe going having to go to two different restaurants but tell me this is there firstly there's a flat rate of pay isn't there an hourly wage no, 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 no. That that's all gone. Gone. But that was there years ago. I was. I was t- you remember I was talking to you there earlier. You were getting. You were getting um, eight euro an hour, and then that was eight, yeah one twenty five per delivery. That was back in two thousand and fifteen. Um, and uh, I was also then getting a salary because I, I, at the time I I was I had a PLSI job as well with um, delivery on a part time basis as a. Uh, a team lead supervisor type thing. Okay. Um, okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. So. But, um, okay. So so did they get rid of the hourly wage? Yeah, and they got rid of the hourly wage. Um, they changed it. Then it became. I'm just trying to think. It became. Um, uh, Payment per delivery. Per, per delivery, but it was then based on kilometrage. So you know, it was based on distance, right? Okay. Um, okay. And then it changed again. Uh, you know, like it's changed. I think four or five times in the last. Century. Okay, so a typical example would be: yesterday you worked from ten to two, four hours. Then you went back yeah. from five to nine, another four hours. You yeah. did eight hours yesterday. Do you mind me asking what you made? Yeah. Fifty-three euros. That's five euro thirty an hour. Yeah. Should I, and sir, like, before, that, that's you before were, I put any petrol in. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're driving a car. So why why do you do it? Well, it's, it's, I don't, it's, not, it's not my full-time job anymore. I have a PRSA job that I do. This is just something extra that I, I'll just, if I fancy just going out for a couple of hours, I'll go out. I don't depend on... Um, I don't depend on it as a as a job anymore. I can't depend on it as a job anymore because it, it just doesn't pay. Okay. It wouldn't be, you know. It, you know, um, it, it you can't make a full time living on this job. It's it's impossible. So anymore. So if somebody was say doing it full time, say there's a Brazilian lad right doing it full time mm-hmm. and needs this money to survive. What what kind of money do you think? And these guys probably lot work. Every day and long hours, do they? Well, I think there's some of them out from eight o'clock in the morning and they're out to eleven o'clock at night. You know, I think they there's some of them that are just they just work, they just work, 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 work. Or if they're not, I mean, some of them I know would be like students or what have you. So they've got certain student hours that they need to do. Yeah. 
But it's by and large an industry that attracts workers. But by and large, they're out in all weather. But it's by and large, like, would you, for instance, see Irish people or people born in Cork, for instance, doing Deliveroo? I mean, you you certainly do. But yeah. but, but but I mean, but, there are, like, I do have mates that are doing it, but not not on a. It's not their full time job, you know. They're, they're not doing it as a as a, as a um, you know going out doing their ten hours or eight hours every day. Six days a week. But what would a fellow who does um, ten hours a day, six days a week? What would he or she make? That'll have to. That'll vary. Um, like you'll have to work the weekend. You know, you'll have to do the Friday, the Thursday, and Saturday night. Um, otherwise, uh, you're not going to make anything. Um, so I would say, like, if he's doing sixty hours a week, yeah, yeah. I guess he's probably making between ten and twelve dollars per hour. So that would be six hundred a week. Maybe. Okay. Okay. But that's damn hard Maybe. work for six. And is that is that taxable income then at source or what? That that no. He has to then pay. He's he's got to be registered then as a as a, a self employed. So he pays his own tax off that. Okay, so why are we hearing then union representing people up in Dublin saying that the rate has dropped to as little as a euro an order? Well, it, it, well, it would be. Like, as I say, down here, you could get a euro an order, but for the second, that'll be for your second order. Okay. I think the minimum, I think the minimum, as far as I know, the minimum down here is around 265 or 275. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's about 3,000 um, well, delivery drivers working in Ireland in this inter- industry and of course the the thought is now is that they're being very much exploited. Um, of course it is. It, it's pure, it's, 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 it's total exploitation. Do you know what solves this come straight away, Neil? Yeah. The European Union, it's been done in some countries where uh, uh, delivery riders or Uber riders or whatever, they've been cast as employees. If, that would were, be, if we were all in class as employees in the morning and given proper food rights and paid a per hour, none of this per delivery, just paid a per hour rate, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even paid the minimum wage. That would be Deliveroo, would Just be, Eat, Uber Eats, all of them. Any, anything, no matter what, what it is. If, if it was across the board. But you at one stage... If we were classed as actual um, employees, and given, you know, holiday pay, um, you sick pay, every, all the rights that anyone else would get. Yeah. And we pay the PRSI, and if everybody was given even minimum wage, people would, make, you know, people would be able to make a living. I did, I did hear of foreign lads here on student visas, as you were talking yourself, they're coming over here and working as, a, as delivery, food delivery uh, drivers or, you know, whatever, the, whatever mode of transport they use having to go to penny dinners to be fed they have that little money I see the way that I mean as I told you when I went out and gone yesterday and like, I was sitting around for like especially from five till nine last night um, I spent a lot of the time just waiting for an order is there too you know, many uh, well uh, could it be that there are too many Drivers. 
Well, it's uh, too many writers. Yeah. Enough authors. You know, it's the you know the economic crisis and everything else. You know, people haven't got the same money that they had. You know, you know the, the, the spare cash isn't maybe around there. I, I don't actually okay. know what. Okay. Okay. And what know? I do know that there is a phenomenal amount of writers for the area of Cork. And just finally, do people tip then as well? And not and not too much anymore. Um, and I think it's just really. Um, Why is that? Because you know, they don't have coins or they don't have cash when the delivery well, rider arrives. A lot of it, see, I suppose a lot of it is because we don't. Um, we we're not dealing with cash at the door. So the perception is, you know, uh, some people will tip you online. Is some there an o- is there an tip? option to tip in the order? Yes, there is. There and is do, an option to and do people do it? Um, some, sometimes. But sometimes, only sometimes. Um, I only, only, only sometimes. I would say probably 20, 25% of, maybe 20% of That's a shame. would tip. That's a shame, isn't it? You know, well, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's not a compulsory thing. So, no, no, it's not. But um, by and large, I, know, I think... But we... you would like to think that even a euro, if everybody, like if every if everyone just gave one euro... You know, and if, if the lad's doing 70, 80 or he's doing 70, 80 orders a week. Yeah. You know, over the over the course of the month, that's that's a, you know, it's an extra 300, 300, 300 euro or so. You know? And like, because there, would there be abuse at the door as well sometimes if it's late or the wrong order or? Uh, I don't normally get abuse at the door. Oh, yeah. good, good. Good. Um, I can't say I get an awful lot of abuse there, but you know, there's always somebody. But more, most people are are are, are good. Okay, my man. Nice to catch up. Um, maybe if it? maybe if just having this conversation alone might encourage people to give a couple of bob or to add a euro on mm-hmm. or try and have a bit of change when the delivery driver arrives. It could make all the difference. Thanks, Dave. Mind yourself. Have a good no day bother. today. Cheers, Cheers pal. Thank Take you. care. Bye Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Text or WhatsApp Neil now oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Lots then from yesterday on clamping and parking and uh, the grief that people have put up with, particularly those with disabilities and others parking in disabled spots and whatever. Uh, I've been verbally abused, not by men, but by females. And I'm female. They're not all that innocent. The females, and many of the stories we were talking about yesterday, involve men, though. Uh, Let's call it out. There are people out there with blue badges who are as able bodies as the rest of us, and they are just playing and gaming the system. Uh, I'm disabled myself, and in my housing estate, there's just one disability spot, one of the families has three cars and one of them constantly parks in the disabled spot. I tried to talk to them about it, but they just weren't interested. I do have a spot outside my own house, but it isn't wide enough uh, for trying to get in and out of my car. Anyone else have issues with disabled spaces in housing estates? Uh, Jer says, it's nearly always older people that take the parent and child spaces in supermarkets, I find. If I parked in a senior citizen spot, they'd tear me a new one to see if there was such a thing. Uh, Illegal parking in a disabled parking space should involve instant clamping and a massive fine. 
no excuse. Don't you think there are far too many selfish, nasty people out there now? Um, there's a new thing in Limerick now called Think Before You Park to stop people blocking footpaths and make things easier for disabled people or people with buggies. I'm a blue badge holder and mine is held up with the blue with blue tack. It rarely falls down. So this excuse of I have the blue badge but I don't use it because it keeps falling down, no excuse. I've come across a lot of abuse myself. Again, the same as your other listeners. You get abuse for asking people not to park there. I was diagnosed with MS 18 years ago. I was 27 at the time. Morning, the reason parking is being abused is because for those with badges, it is free. Do away with free parking and charge for it and then everything will be fine. Uh, Where I live, we have a family who legally requested a disabled parking space from Cork City Council because a family member has a blue badge. But there's no card registered to the house. The person that the car is registered to doesn't even live there. They live and work abroad and have their car just sitting there. The parking space has never been empty. It'll be six years this March that the car will be parked outside the house. So that's just a selection. Then we were talking yesterday morning with Tim Bracken, the senior counsel, about jury duty and a mistrial uh, recently in the Poddy Palmer uh, death case. Uh, on the subject of jury duty, I was called for jury duty a number of years ago involving a renowned uh, family in Cork involved in crime. My major problem with this is why are the jury local to a case and why are our names called out in the court? We should be called by number only as we were all extremely vulnerable in a case like this, especially if the jury finds the defendant guilty. We all live in the same small city. If you're carrying out your civic duty, why are you exposed and at risk like this? I always felt jurors should be called uh, to cities aside from where you live at least. Thanks, Neil, on that one. So keep those coming and listen. They really touched a nerve on, on clamping and parking yesterday. So we'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning. Text 0868 104 106. But make sure you're thinking uh, about love and romance for the day that's in it today, Valentine's Day. And we have some great prizes, including four-star Metropole Hotel overnight giveaways. But where are people looking for love? I mentioned to you that I read in the papers this morning that they're saying that people more and more these days are turning away from apps and turning to match makers. Um, and one of them we've spoken to in the past is Love HQ and that would be Moray Lockman and she joins me by phone. Moray, good morning. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day. And Cynthia. you too. I hope you're uh, finding love and uh, a bouquet of flowers and a box of chocolates and uh, a Valentine's Day. All of card. those this morning actually, yes. All of those. <laughs> ticks all of the boxes. So is, is it true what they're saying in the papers this morning? The headline, no one ticks all of the boxes but pro matchmakers are finding people their perfect partner as people turn away from dating apps. It's true. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for both now and saying because there are a lot of people that meet people online. But yes, I've seen a significant rise in um, people coming to me from matchmaking, especially since after um, lockdowns and everything. I suppose the things, you know, it was normal to meet people out and about on a you know night out and everything. But then um, online dating came about about 10 years ago and it became obviously a huge craze and everybody jumped on it and, and where was the, where was the main success. where was the main go-to online for that was it tinder or what tinder and plenty of fish were really the original okay, ones okay. but then things like hinge came along and uh, bumble and so on there's lots of different uh, ones that you can use but i suppose with online dating they say on average if you're using it properly um it's endless swiping because it's you know if you're using it properly people are swiping up to between 10 and 14 hours a week now 
I don't know about you, but I don't have an extra 10 to 14 hours to be sitting there looking for my my perfect partner, you know. Uh, also then as well, online dating, it is unfortunately based a lot on superficiality, you know. Um, it is basically one photograph for a lot of in a lot of cases you can have multiple photographs up but people will swipe just on one photograph so you have to really have great photographs up that you know one kind of show who you are two you look in your best all of those different things um, and then again when you're swiping you don't know if that's a new, recent photograph if it's five years old if it has been all tweaked you don't know what's going on you can fix, well that, by, you that, can fix then, that by time getting people to time stamp the photograph Data. Yeah, you could timestamp it, absolutely. But like, I don't know, like if you've ever seen some some makeup tutorials and everything like that, some girls are completely different without their makeup or some guys, you know, they look great on a, a night out or if they were suited and booted for a wedding. But on a normal day, they may not have as much de- attention to detail or and maybe don't get their hair cut is that a major disappointment <laughs> then? Is it when they actually see each other first, maybe on a video call maybe? Or is it on a date for a coffee or a It tends or? to be straight on a date most people don't do video calls first of all anymore they tend to just meet straight for a coffee or a drink or go for you know or for a walk or something like that um, very often then as well you've got ghosting and you know you could be talking to someone for a week or two before you actually go to meet them and then you turn up to the location they're not there Why? you can be talking Why? to them all the evening before but people have bad manners you know unfortunately that's the situation is with it, online dating is like it just a hobby no for personal some people is it, is it a hobby for there people is, yeah it is a hobby, but also as well, some people you in your day-to-day life, you have good etiquette. Like you were talking there about people with parking and, you know, um, some people have badges that shouldn't have badges yeah. and everything like that. You can't trust that everybody's going to be doing right and um, of, uh, you know, ethical type of disposition, especially when they're faceless to a certain extent with online dating. So yeah, ghosting does happen. Again, you could be talking to someone for a week, think you're getting on great, have a date organised for this week, especially for the girls, and they might have their hair booked, they might have their nail appointment and everything booked for Saturday yeah. before the date and next thing you comes to two hours before the date your hair and makeup and everything is done and they've literally like ex, you know exited you off the app they've just blocked you simple that's it gone you it's a right, kick, it's it's a right a kick to somebody's confidence isn't it it really is and you know like there's you have to remember as well with online dating it's a lot faster as well so where you used to meet someone maybe on a Saturday night and you might talk to one person you might get their number if things didn't work out you could go out the following week and everything but if you were talking to a few people online online dating because people are investing 10 to 14 hours a week it is a lot faster so you can imagine if you were getting that regular rejection on a weekly basis Mm. how much of a knock that would do to your mental health your confidence your self-esteem all of those different things Okay just go back to the aspect of people not turning up or ghosting do women ghost men more than men ghost women I mean listen I know we can have same sex relationships don't get me wrong in that regard but who's more guilty of it? I don't know if there is like there's no research done on that um so like that's more the online dating side of things uh, there, like there isn't any stats like who's going to admit publicly really that they were ghosted you know and um, they probably go home and maybe have a little cry in their car on their way home or something like that that's how lonely this online dating can be just the research said that males more- are more likely to go this is google now dr google for you males yes. are more likely to ghost someone um, after sleeping with them than females are after the, you know, like the, that, as in men only are after one thing and then they move on. Yeah, you know? I don't really agree with that. I no. think um, women are a lot more likely to tell you that they've been ghosted, whereas men probably are less likely to tell you they're ghosted. They're not going to say to their friends, you know, that girl I was telling you I was talking to all week, mm. like I turned up and she wasn't there. I think guys are less likely to say it um, because of obviously their ego, but also as well, they're less likely to talk about things like that anyway. Women de- tend to talk a lot more. But it's all these reasons 
why people are turning to someone like myself, a matchmaker. I match people all over Ireland. I've matched over 8,000 people. I'm actually down in Cork every three weeks meeting new clients. I have a huge client base down in Cork of all ages. So you do a a questionnaire and a chat up to 83. So there's no no limit on trying to find love. The 83-year-old, would that have been somebody who wants to maybe have had a marriage or a relationship and that person Yeah, they were widowed and they wanted to have a companion and everything from there. And obviously, like, love is love. I don't care who anybody is, how old they are, you know, what lifestyle they have, what sexuality they have, anything. Everybody's welcome with Love HQ. And I will say, over the 8,000 people that I have matched, I've never had anybody ghosted because the other side of it is, you know, people are investing. They have a desire for a serious relationship, so they are paying to come to me. I meet every single person in person. So if I felt there was somebody not suited to the service, I'm not going to take them on. Like that as well, if I feel that I don't, they don't have suitable matches. You know, if I don't have suitable matches yeah. at this moment for yeah. them, they'll do the consultation, but I won't invite them to join until I actually because do. Because unfortunately, I some, of the, some of the, and I'm not including you in this, obviously, but some of, the, some of the criticism is that all too often, at least some matchmakers... They don't really mm-hmm. uh, match profiles. They're, they're just they're just moving things around on a on a, on a virtual board, you know. Trying yeah, to get, you and know, unfortunately, and yeah, and that does happen, and it's a horrible thing to do. Like, really, I what I do is I meet every single person in person, and I don't invite them to join unless I have someone suitable for them. Like that as well. I meet them all in person, so there's not like four or five matchmakers in here meeting different people because that's not matchmaking either. Again, I'm not doing Zoom calls. I actually meet them in person. So I travel to, like I'm based here now in Kildare, um, but I travel to Dublin, Galway, Cork, Limerick, Kilkenny, Mullingar and Nace. And I have consultations. Now, the odd time someone, if they're still living abroad and they're going to be moving back to Ireland, they'll do a consultation with me before that. But I'll meet them the next time I'm in Cork. I'll meet them the next time I'm in Galway. And look, looking at age profiles and everything as people move through their lives and move through the decades, do you find that people reach out more to matchmakers or indeed they might hit the dating apps more? Actually, might give those up because they've been trying and trying and they maybe hit their 30s and they're starting to panic. Yeah, well, I think especially, I suppose, the few years that we're missing there, especially for anybody that wants to have a family, I think that creates a little bit of panic for people in their 30s, maybe early 40s um, during lockdowns and everything. Um, I think then as well, it's all normaled out now again, which is fantastic. I meet people of all ages. I have two lovely gentlemen in Cork actually at the moment in their early 50s that are widowed um, that were looking to meet someone that came to me the last time I was down in Cork. I meet people uh, that are recently retired that, you know, maybe had a very high profile job that they don't want to be putting their face on online yeah. um, they may be separated a few years ago concentrated on building up their retirement and now want to enjoy it uh, I have people then that obviously want to have a family so they are yes their main concern is that they would meet someone that would be in the same place in their life um, there it all mean, depends yeah. like there's no two clients that come to me the same yeah. everybody has their own story and I listen to that I listen to who they are I listen to what they're looking for and I do my very best to help yeah. them find love because is it that if you've got like 200,000 Tinder users in Ireland and 50,000 of them are on the app every day I'm assuming that some of them are looking genuinely for love but the criticism of the apps has been that it is more more likely to be for many of them just sex yeah, like, look, you get both when it comes to the apps. You get both when you're out on a Saturday night meeting clients. Anybody that's coming to me is looking for long-term real love. So if I meet them for a consultation and they say to me that, you know, they are looking for something a little bit casual, and it's only ever happened twice, actually, of all the people that I have uh, interviewed. Everybody that comes to me is serious about meeting someone. Everybody that comes to me, you know, doesn't maybe have the time to be flicking through the apps. They obviously want the anonymity. My service is completely private and confidential. So only the people you go 
on dates which will know that you're using our service and I suppose that's the other side of it you're hearing on the headlines today that a huge amount of people are are using matchmakers as I said I've matched over 8,000 people but over the last few years with huge success like we had 28 weddings last year and 12 babies but you don't hear that at the weddings like I go to the weddings and they're like our good friend Mairead from you know Mairead uh, like introduced us to each other but they don't say Mairead's professional matchmaker you know um, so so it's it's lovely it's really lovely and like obviously they're close friends and family as well but like I have a lovely couple that I actually introduced um, in Cork I would say last I'm going to say last April and I just met them before Christmas they were up in Dublin for for two or three days doing a bit of Christmas shopping and they're engaged and they're due a baby in April and like just their word of mouth alone they must have sent 20 people to me already just yeah, by yeah. word of mouth I, I, and it's just can, so lovely you, you can see that it's a lot more genuine really um, you know the the search and the wanting of a relationship because you it were is. quoted recently by saying that often on Tinder you could find um, uh, one person might be might be there for as I say you quote you loneliness another person there for sex um, but others mm-hmm. might be in a relationship but they don't mention they're already in a relationship and they go out on a date with somebody yeah. on, on Tinder so that, like, that's, a, that's a right kick in the gut isn't it? Yeah, well, look, they everybody that comes to me, they're only dating one person at a time. And that's the, the main thing as well. They, you know, I don't, I say to them, look in between dates, if you want to do online dating, but let me know. So if somebody says to me, I met someone last week, but yeah, send me out on a date as well. I'm like, no, just concentrate on one person. I think people realistically in the last year or two have slowed down their dating. They realize the impact it's having on their mental health. They understand as well. There's a thing called parity of choice. So as humans, we can only make a certain amount of choices per day, per year, per week. So basically, if you have hundreds of choices, which online dating is, the chances are you'll make no choice because everybody, you know, the, everybody you're talking to, somebody be blonde or somebody be taller, somebody be thinner, somebody be funnier, somebody be richer. There's all of the different you and know, you'll characteristics. Just, you'll just but say, none of them, swipe again, is it? Yeah, and you keep on swiping and you're kind of chasing that perfect because that person had that and this person had that. So the next perfect thing must Mm, be around the corner. So there is a thing called parity of choice. But I suppose as a professional matchmaker, I think the most important thing is, you know, I really do realise that people are coming to me with their heart. And like there's a lot of people out there today that are single that are going to find today extremely lonely. And just very finally, because of the the constraints of time, why do we need apps Mm -hmm. and and matchmakers? And and like that was not the way years ago. Is it that we're less social? interactive now or less people go to the pub or do you know what I mean that we, we, we have less opportunities to meet people it's funny you should say it wasn't so popular years ago my great granny was actually a matchmaker for sure in way, way back then yeah, yeah but yeah you know, I know but, but yeah. I suppose um, people kind of I, people started going to dances, started meeting people, you know, out and about and everything. But there were still always single people. You can think of people within your own age group that maybe didn't get married, who didn't get that chance, who maybe were a little bit shyer, who maybe needed a little bit of guidance, who perhaps had a quite a stressful or a traumatic relationship in their early 20s and then just never progressed. As well, dating is out of people's comfort zone. For a lot of people, they're com- comfort- comfortable in their job, they're confident in their job, but they're not so comfortable even dating and getting to know people because in Ireland we're not great at flirting a lot of people need a little bit of Dutch courage along the way um, and for some people you know they just don't have yeah. that side of their personality as confident as maybe their work life yeah. so you it's know also, if you do know anyone slower to chat today, with someone you'd be, slower to, you'd be slower chatting with somebody at a bus stop now wouldn't you or striking up a conversation with somebody in a in a, in a, in a, in a, in a supermarket or less people go, would, go but, to the pub you know or I mean would you you'd be kind of a bit wary of someone who started chatting with you in the gym I suppose. Yeah, you would, but actually why? 
start saying hello to people as well if you're not not confident if you're more of an introvert personality like when you go to the gym instead of hopping up on your spinning bike and sticking your head in your phone as a you know a, a social comfort blanket why not say hello to somebody and just ask them what they're doing for the weekend then ask them their name and then next week you know say to them how'd you get on at the weekend doing whatever and start building so is that, that d- part d- d- of d- your personality I could, I could talk to you for a lot longer than I have time to be you saying that if you fancy <laughs> somebody approach them then Oh, why not? Okay. What have you got to lose? Okay. Like, what have you got to lose? Uh, you know, I started practicing what I preach a few years ago and I actually did say to a guy one night, I was just like, give me your number, I'll give you a shout sometime. <laughs> and like, we dated for a couple of months and he's st- like, for months, he was like, I still can't believe you asked me. But like, that, I would not have done that before I was a matchmaker. I would not have done it. So like, what are you, like, there's people going to, you're going to meet people this weekend, you're going to meet people out watching the rugby maybe at the weekend, the following weekend. Why not say to them, like, you know, should give me your number. We'll catch up for a drink sometime. Don't be like really formal. Like, would you like to go on a date with me? Well Just done. straight up. Well should give me your number. We'll go for a coffee sometime. Well said. Well said. I'm out of time, but great words of advice. Thank you for that. Much obliged to Moraid Lockman, matchmaker. Further details at lovehq.ie. Back after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. And I will get to cause in a few minutes' time. Hold on there, Joanne. I'll get to you in a couple of minutes. But just uh, one, just one or two more on clamping from a massive response yesterday. I was clamped in Times Square car park one evening late two weeks ago. I'd gotten a takeaway from Dino's and was walking to Inishmore to my grandmother's house. So technically, I was a customer. When I got back, there was a clamp just going on my car. I ran to the clamper, told him I was here, showed him the receipt. He said he had to ring his boss, who told him put the clamp on. I felt so sorry for the clamper as he was trying to argue my point to the boss who was arrogant at least. Can't go on air but uh, I asked if, if, sorry it says here, I'm at work so I do not wish to go on air if asked but I would like to make it clear that often the clampers are not the worst of them. This one, this clamper did try his best to get me off as it had been logged on his computer but whoever the manager was, was having none of it, none of it. Uh, absolutely awful um, and was very, very unkind, even to the staff member on the phone. Anyway, that's just uh, somebody who's sympathetic to the clampers. I've been stung by APCOA in Douglas Mills. It was my own fault. I was longer than I thought. They monitored the car for 15 minutes. You get 15 minutes, I think, before they put a a clamp on it. Apparently, that's the way it works. They monitored the car for 15 minutes and had plenty of photos to show me. I paid cash when the gentleman came to unclamp me. They cover Mallow and lots of areas in Cork, so that's why uh, it's two hours before they can get to take the clamp off. They only have one clamper remover. Uh, There are loads of pressure as these car parks are privately owned and are always getting calls from the owners to come in and clamp the cars. I know someone has to do that job. It was uh, There I was down €125 Euro, and I was feeling sorry for him. So two people there feeling sorry for clampers. Well, I mean, if business is booming, they should have more people removing clamps. I mean, it's bad enough that you're paying €125 Euro, uh, for the clamp without having to wait two hours to have it off. Can I just say that when I was in college in Cork, the apprentice mechanics used to remove the clamps. They did their research, and it's not illegal to remove a clamp. It would be a civil case, and only if there was damage. Um, if it was damage, it possibly could become criminal. They would disassemble the cars, lower the arm, take off the clamp, and leave it neatly on the curb. 
Well, that's a, a very complicated way of doing it. Others just let the air out of their tyre, take the clamp off, and I don't know what they do then, pump the tyre up again, or whatever you have in yourself. Then Valentine's for the day that's in it today. It's my son's birthday today, Luke, who was born on Valentine's Day 30 years ago. So a happy birthday to a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, have a great day today, my man. Um, a lot of people texting with regards to our prizes. And, of course, the big prize this week is a daily prize, courtesy of ourselves and the Metropole Hotel. Your opportunity to win a wonderful overnight in the Metropole with dinner and a wonderful, wonderful breakfast in a great hotel. So keep your stories coming. And with that in mind, back to the phone lines we go. Joanne, good morning. Good morning. What sort? Of, oh, you sound very down. What sort of a day has it been so far for you? <laughs> I'm going to get mangled. Um, <laughs> no, I just said in my text, you know, like that people shouldn't feel down if they didn't get cards, chocolates, flowers or anything <laughs> like that. But I did have a very kind of a sweet experience where my partner, he serenaded me from the bathroom but it wasn't singing it was farting ah, and I said oh no. I, I said happy Valentine's Day to me and he said happy Valentine's Day love there's plenty more where that came from oh my god so, you are joking me no I'm not um, and I'm in work now so I'm kind of whispering so what a lovely start mm. to Valentine's Day. I I, 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 gu- I guarantee you he's got some kind of a surprise that does not involve farting later on today for you, I'm sure. He probably does. He does. He's very romantic. Is he, though? Um, he is. He is. I'll give you a few examples. <laughs> um, I love it. We were, we were recently in um, a restaurant and... Um, the lady came over to take our order and then he said look I'll give her a hand here and he said she's she's ordering from the slimmer's portion <laughs> he's very kind isn't he yeah he is and then she didn't know where to look like she didn't know if he was serious or not but he wasn't serious and then but you see people just don't get him and then yesterday my, it was my daughter's birthday I'm very nervous now and you don't then, sound it he, <laughs> he came back with like say about 125 euro worth of goods from Claire's accessories and he got them for 85 and I was like jeez how'd you manage that and he said you know a bit of flirting he said I got your once 20% staff discount <laughs> I mean like, you got to admire his sense of humour though but like he, he, he seems oh, to put, he's put more effort into a daughter's birthday than he's put into a wife's Valentine's Day I know, but I get that. That's okay. I mean, I got him not annoyed or like I have to be honest. Oh, well, listen. Then listen. What you you get, you receive. You send out nothing, you'll get Uh, nothing back. Ah, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love the, I love the bathroom. At least it was an at least you have an ensuite. <laughs> I know we're so grand. <laughs> so um, let's see what let's see how the day goes. I mean, traditionally, when would you get the flowers or the chocolates or the cards? Um, if yeah, at all. before these always be there. No, on the morning, or I'd go home from work and they'd be on the doorstep and stuff. They'd be out being delivered. <laughs> but I told him I don't want flowers anymore because they're very expensive. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like, yeah, as I say, this isn't bashing him. Like, you know, I was just kind of saying it was funny the way I woke up to Valentine's Day this year. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. We'll see how the morning goes. You might be in the running for one of our overnights in the Four Star Metropole Hotel. There's an ensuite bathroom. As well. There's an ensuite. <laughs> bathroom from there as well incidentally throw in some airplugs for me as well because he's terrible snoring <laughs> at least <laughs> at least when he engages in flatulence he goes into the bathroom to do it <laughs> 
Anyway, stay listening because if you don't, maybe if you don't get yourself an overnight in the Metropole, it might get you a bouquet of flowers and Shandon flowers. We'll see what happens between now and midday, all right? Good luck. Take care, Oh, now everybody knows him. Seamus the farter. Thanks, Joanne. Good luck. Donald, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? This is about where people meet their partners or their beloved. Where was the date of destiny with you? Um, I suppose it started off inside in the bookies. Uh, my my wife at the moment, especially my wife now. Um, my wife at the moment. She was, she was working at the counter, uh, behind the counter, and she was down doing a, a BS2000 training, other staff in on a computer system. And uh, yeah. I kind of asked her out in the yeah. And I kind of think she probably thought she would go on horse racing, but I had other things in mind, and by a friend of mine collected us and we were headed off to Tallahassee. <laughs> That's very romantic. Yeah, um, well, did I kind of threw six up my sleeve during the day. Hang on, wait a second. Like, did you, you see, you go to Tallow Horse Fair on your first day. Did you buy a horse to do a bit of horse training? Oh, I, yeah, we do a bit of horse training. Yeah, yeah, a good friend of mine there, Gary Hatton, does a bit of horse training right. and he knew we were coming, you know. Did, she, did you think because she worked in a bookie she'd be interested in going to a horse fair, is it? Uh, something down them lines, Neil, yeah, something down them lines. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, um, we took her to the hospital and the girls were stopping on the way in and she was kind of, she was getting a bit, a bit wary, you know, and she was saying, where the hell are we going? You know, just the girls were stopping at half past ten in the morning, like. <laughs> so, so, we got to the hospital and she said, what? And she was all dressed up, Neil. She was, she was dressed up to the nines because I'm sure she, well, I know she thought she was going to a hospital meeting, like, Ah, yeah, but, but she uh, might have thought she was going to Mallow Race Course where there'd be dinner well, and a bottle yeah, of wine and stuff. She thought she, thought she was going to Mallow Race, not Mallow Races, but to a race meeting. She thought she'd win the best dressed woman's competition or something. She had high heels to lot on her, Neil. And like, as you can imagine, no walking around Tallahassee for the day and high heels wasn't very ideal. With all the horse poop and everything. She's been most of the day trying to avoid that. All right. Okay. But uh, <laughs> then um, there was open air music. Finnegan's Wake were playing there. I knew the band Finnegan's Wake. Great band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew Willie from Finnegan's Wake. He played for my 21st year before that. <laughs> and I was after speaking to Willie before that and telling her that we were there. And I took her for a burger and chips. And next thing he showed out after the open air stage to Dolan and Zoe. <laughs> and she was highly impressed with that but she was after a few drinks that time but just didn't get on Neil <laughs> burger, burger and chips the first meal oh, out at chips. Tallow Horse Fair yeah, well she had a few to drinks for us no, she had a few drinks for us so we knew we weren't going anywhere else to a restaurant or anything so she was happy enough with the burger she was, she was impressed enough for today yeah? she's yeah. still with me today and, uh, was it a burger from a chip fan it was Chip man, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, the calibre of burgers in the chip fans is quite high. Don't get me wrong in that regard. But it was a cheap date nonetheless. But it seemed to work. It was, because we had the free music. It was open air music. Finnegan's Wake were playing an open air stage. And we had the burger and chips. And we were listening to the music. And we were happy out. <laughs> How long are you married? Yeah. Uh, I'm 19 years now. <laughs> and have you the flowers and the Valentine's cards? Or will it be burger and chips tonight or what? No, 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 no. We'll have the flowers and the Valentine's card and I'll cook our dinner now this evening, Neil. What will you cook? Oh, fillet steaks, Neil. Fillet steaks. <laughs> fillet steaks. With pepper sauce, I suppose, is it? 
with pepper sauce. <laughs> You're a character, yeah. Donald. Stay listening. Happy Valentine's Day to yourself and Zoe. Uh, keep those calls coming, lads. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Call Neil now. 0818104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Certainly is the Neil Prendeville Show with Mercedes Benz Cork. Um, and of course, online dating, of course, is one thing, but then you have online dating scams, and all that's doing is getting worse and worse year in, year out. The amount of money that people have been fleeced in online dating scams. And the guys continue to warn romantics to be wary of it. Seven million in recent years, including one woman, believe it or not, who lost €450,000. And in the last five years in this country, seven million has been stolen, uh, taken advantage of uh, people who are looking for love and getting up firstly onto dating apps. Um, there were like maybe almost 250 different victims have come from. These are just the ones that have come forward and admitted it since 2022. And the average loss, the majority incidentally are women uh, who are victims, females, not exclusively women, but the majority, yes. An average about 28 and a half grand, but as I said, the highest that was actually reported, and it would have been reported to the Gardaí in an effort to get it back, 450,000 euro, uh, one woman. A male victim had more than 380,000 euro taken over time. They give examples of it actually uh, this morning. I was reading it in the examiner. A woman in her 40s lost 35,000. There was 100 transactions. She got into a relationship with a man online and uh, he claimed that his construction business was failing and he needed financial support and she bought it. Another woman in her 40s, 26,300 stolen last year. Uh, she, she was added to on Facebook by a man claiming to be a doctor in a war-torn country and he need, needed money to return home. And again, she hooked, fell for that hook, line and sinker. But there was a man in his 50s, lost 36 grand. He met a woman online. She claimed to be living in Asia. They agreed to uh, get into a relationship and began making arrangements for her to travel to Ireland and he sent all of this money. She never did. And then um, another online, the culprits quickly encouraged their victims to move to a messaging app or to get off the dating app and move to email. Um, And that's how then they start reeling people in. And they also say, the guards, that usually the money that they request is small amounts. And they'd even repay the small amounts in the early days of the scam. But then the amounts get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's pretty sad, isn't it? That's the world we're living in these days. And all of it, of course, is, is anchored down ultimately an innocent people looking for love. Valentine's Day today, but we're not going to scam anybody. We genuinely have great stories to hear and some lovely prizes, including the four-star Metropole in the heart of the Victorian Quarter. Uh, an overnight stay uh, for two. There'll be treats in your room on arrival, a dinner in the Met Bar and restaurant for two, and then a beautiful breakfast the following morning. So it's all about love and romance this morning, and why not? Uh, we're getting some wacky stories, I can tell you, over the last few days. Here's Deirdre. Deirdre, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Your, your love, and you too. Um, your, your love story started by virtue mm. of a, a job interview, was it? That's right, that's right. Um, I <laughs> I went for a job interview. Um, it was in Blackpool at the time. I remember walking in, being quite nervous. It was my first one in a long time. I was leaving a, a job I'd been with in over 10 years. Um, so I go in and I'm kind of standing in the reception area of the office and this big guy, <laughs> this is big 
guy dressed all in black came bounding down the stairs. I heard him. Um, actually, I could smell him. He very strong aftershave on, but he came bounding down the stairs and literally knocked me over. I'm quite small. Um, and he kind of, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I just kind of left standing there and he ran off again. I thought, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Okay. Um, and thought no more about it. Um, At least he said got, sorry now. I give him that much. He did say sorry. Yeah. No, he did. No, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, <laughs> but then, sorry. So I got brought into a room then for the actual interview, and lo and behold, there was your man sitting in the corner behind a big desk with another person, and he was a bit sheepish. Now this time, he didn't kind of look up or he just kind of acknowledged me at least, but that was it. I thought no more about it. Mm-hmm. There for the interview, right? Focus on the job. So I spent a good twenty minutes or more talking to the other person who was asking me questions all about my experience, what I'd done in the past, and so on, and the other guy just was taking notes I assumed right he he didn't look at me at any stage certainly didn't say anything just kept doodling or doing whatever he was doing on the pad and at the very end of the interview I got up to leave I was shaking um, Brendan's hand and then I shook his hand and he said and actually uh, what what was it that you did what what was it that you did again and I looked at him and I'm thinking I'm just spent like thinking, you know, oh my God, I said, have I done such a bad interview? Because you had just spent the whole interview explaining. Yeah, 20 yeah. minutes saying, this is all I've ever done, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I came out really, really annoyed me, really missed, like, oh, a complete waste of time. And how rude, I can't believe he was sitting there and he obviously wasn't listening to anything I said. I was, I was really annoyed. And I remember ringing a friend saying, you know, telling her all about it and giving out loads about this guy who, you know, nearly knocked me over and he yeah. totally ignored me in the interview. Yeah. And then at the end of the call, I'll never forget it. I, I laughed and I said, actually, I quite fancy him, right? <laughs> Which is, I mean, hello, like red flags all day, It says you day. quite fancied the man in black. Is that what he was wearing, a black that's suit? Right. Yeah. It was, yeah, just a black shirt and a black pants. And that's all I could tell because I knew nothing about the guy. Um... Oh, I found out his name was Ryan, obviously, but I was like, who's this student? Oh, you know, forget about it. So what happened next? Um, you get the job um, or, or what? I did. I actually got the job and they brought me back in and I got to meet everyone again. And he he spoke this time now, to be fair. But I remember coming in and saying, oh, I didn't think it went very well. And, you know, and they said, actually, we weren't even going to bring you in for the interview. And I was like, oh, he said, yeah, you know, the, your experience, although was very good, it wasn't really what we were looking for at the time, but it was what you put on the CV piqued our interest. We had to meet the person who would put that in the CV. What did? What were they referring to? Oh, right. I hadn't been out looking for jobs in years, and I had asked a friend who was in HR to help me with my CV. And I gave her all my information. She put it in a beautiful CV. This is back in the day, you know, black and white paper in hand kind of thing Um, and I had a PDF copy and that's what I had sent in I hadn't read through because I trusted her obviously I hadn't read through I just didn't read the bloody TV right and you know additional interest at the very end she had put in red bold writing I'll just put it in context the office I was interviewing at um, it was a recruitment company in Thomas Davis Street in town and it was above the O'Donovan's off licence and on the CV she had put um, and if I get the job basically it'll be handy because you're above the off licence and I can nip down for a nag and during my lunch break or grab a bottle for the weekend <laughs> on the CV <laughs> and they said the we weren't actually going to bring you in at all. It was only when we read that bit at the end of the CV, we said, we've got to meet this person. And they really only brought me in to have a laugh off me, I think. They t- obviously thought they I was did. They brought you in for a laugh. 
he brought me in. Oh, they did. Like he, they said they did, but they were so impressed. Blah blah blah. And then after all of that, um, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> between the jigs and the reels. You're hiring somebody in an office. And no disrespect oh. to people with drink problems. Don't get me wrong. No. But I can't get it out of my head that there you are, Deirdre, and every now and then you open your top right hand drawer and there's a little nagging of whiskey oh, in there. Oh, a little nagging. You take I mean, it out, really have a little like. sip, and you go back to work. <laughs> Yeah, happy, happy days. At least I was upfront and honest. Do you know what I mean? But um, I'll never forget it. So if it wasn't for Emily, I never would have met my now husband. Okay, but uh, how did the relationship strike up then? You started the job and all that. Started the job. He was my manager. Um, I was in a relationship at the time. I wasn't looking for a relationship. Um, Certainly wasn't looking for him. Um, But was... It just kind of evolved naturally over time, honestly. Um, Now, I obviously, yeah, I fancied him. But talked no more about it, but it was months later, if not about a year later, working there, I was broken up with my ex and we went to a, it was a work to, we took some clients out, right? And the clients assumed we were a couple and we weren't, nothing was going on. We were, you know, it was, it was a work thing, right? Yeah. And they just assumed, we just kind of laughed it off and they mentioned, oh, no, 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 we're just colleagues and uh, all of that. And when we were walking home, he was putting me into a taxi to go home, right, down the South Mall. And we were both standing on one side of the street. I need to put a, a romantic bed on this. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Was very, it was very serious. So we were standing on the one side of the street on the South Mall, and we looked, checked the cars, and as we stepped off the step to walk across the street, we instinctively held hands. <laughs> Like, no, there was never anything before this. We just held hands and we held, we, we kind of looked at each other and we walked to the other side of the street. And I swear to God, he looked down at me and he said, D. And I said, yes. And he said, can I kiss you? Ah! And I said, yes. Why am I laughing? <laughs> I know. I mean, cringe oh, but in the moment. Like something out of a romantic I movie. I gone. Yeah, I was gone. You had fallen. You had fallen. I had fallen. And we shared the taxi home. Yeah. That was it. Done deal. (laughs) Done deal. You tell a great story, kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's all true. And if it wasn't for Emily putting in my love of a nagging over a lunch. That's a clever (laughs) move, though, by um, somebody in in HR, isn't it? You know, make Mm. some kind of statement that makes you stand out. Oh, well, I stood out, all right. To pique their interest. That's it. Uh, Which is true, to be fair. Maybe not that now. Um, But Ryan would tell you that he didn't open his mouth in the interview because the second he saw me, he knew I was going to be the mother of his children. Ah, stop with your mother. Stop. stop. That's that's way too saccharine sweet for me. (laughs) Well, I wasn't thinking it at the time, but (laughs) hey... Um, well, yeah, the rest is history. Fifteen years, three kids later. Oh, fifteen years, three kids later. You, yeah. you, you wouldn't even. That's an awful lot more than just an office romance. It's a much bigger story than that, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was. There was layers to this thing now, but um, yeah, <laughs> it all worked out well in the end. <laughs> Great story. Thanks for sharing, Deirdre. See if there's a prize in the later this morning. Great story. Keep them coming, guys. Text 0868104106. Quick mention: uh, there is uh, for those of you that work remotely. 
remotely or hybridly where you're in the office only or the job only a couple of days a week and others are never in there. So you're very much kind of cut off, I guess. There's an event on tonight at the Old Town Whiskey Bar at the Bodega and it's your opportunity to go along for a fun and exciting evening of remote and hybrid Valentine's Day speed dating at the Old Town Whiskey Bar at the Bodega. So whether you're single, looking for love or simply want to meet new people, this kind of an event is perfect for you right in the middle of the city. So the Old Town Whiskey Bar tonight. For those of you that don't get out or, you know, don't have as much contact as, say, pre-COVID days and what have you, your remote or hybrid workers, check it out tonight uh, and enjoy the evening. Text 0868104106. This is interesting, actually, the day that's in it being Valentine's Day. They're talking about um, um, people's favourite love songs of all time. Now, this is a British survey, but we'll take it all the same. And it's not too bad a survey, to be honest with you. I was looking at other ones this morning, and they're completely daft, the top ten romantic songs of all time. But if you were to hazard a guess as to what is the top love song of all time, the top love song uh, of all time. What do you think it would be? Uh, well, if I were to count it down in order of, um, you know, going from 10 uh, down to 1, you'd probably find that uh, in the top 10, the 10th position would be Love Me Tender by Elvis Presley. At 9, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by Frankie Valli. Uh, don't necessarily agree with all of these. Uh, don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner at 8. At 7, I should say. Angels by Robbie Williams at 6. Your Song by Elton John at 5. My Heart Will Go Out from Titanic from Celine Dion. Another Presley song, Can't Help Falling in Love With You at 3. Unchained Melody by The Righteous Brothers at number 2. I think the top voted love song of all time uh, was voted as being says he pausing to allow you to think it was this one if I should stay the one lads I don't know that you'll necessarily agree with it or not but it's a damn good love song nonetheless Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You is another great version of that uh, also by the great Dolly Parton anyway text your own favourite love song we might give the best voted one a spin between now and midday text 0868104106 just quickly Eileen good morning morning Neil and you too girl have you a poem for me I have you did you write it or find it in a buke or what I have it since I was 16 yeah, okay. So lay it on me then. Is it a long one? Okay. Not really, no. All right. All right, so. We tried it in the kitchen. We tried it in the hall. We tried it in the garden, but you were no good at all. We tried it in the dark. You nearly broke your wrist. I never forget the knife we tried to do the twist. <laughs> That's nice. That's it nice. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Is that from a, is that from a Valentine's card? Oh, definitely. We write all those on Valentine cards when we were younger. There's another one there. I love you. I love you. I love you, Almighty. I wish your pajamas was tied to my nighty. Now, don't get alarmed and don't get red. I mean, on the clothesline and not in the bed. They were innocent times, girl. I can tell you that. Very innocent times. <laughs> yeah, Happy yeah, Valentine's yeah. Day to you. Are you having a good one? 
Well, so far, like, sure we're just having a crack here. That's <laughs> all. Right. Right. Okay, well, yeah. thanks for listening. Look after yourself. All the best. Back after the break. Call Neil now. 0818 104 The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. And text 0868104106 with your own stories. I read a cracking article in the examiner there recently uh, by Emily Crowley she was uh, she is 28 single and looking for love and she was asking the question so where do I find a date she was saying that she settled for three potential means of finding her aforementioned Prince Charming one was with apps and online platforms the second would be in some kind of a social setting and the third would be a pal to set her up on a blind date shall we find out as she got on she joins me by phone Emily good morning Morning, Neil. Happy Valentine's Day to you. You too. I'll ask you about your own Valentine's Day in a moment. But you do say that um, in the article, my experience of modern dating has been a little grim. Is that right? It has. It's been a, a bit of a battle now the last couple of years. I've been on the dating scene now since, um, oh God, I actually wouldn't be able to tell you when I was in the last relationship but um, yeah no like it's not all grim um, like you you will meet nice people along the way and stuff but at the moment it is looking a little bit a little bit bleak alright okay in spite in spite of your efforts of late because I, I know you talk about you said one of the first things you tried were the apps and the online platforms so that would be I guess your tinders and your plenty of fish and a thing called hinge is it yeah, Hinge is kind of, um, I think Marie was talking about it earlier there when you had her on. Yeah. Um, it is kind of one of the more popular ones. I think it's kind of, if people are more serious about meeting somebody, it is kind of the one that people veer towards more so than um, Tinder or Bumble. Okay, what sets it apart, for instance? Why is it different or better even? Um, I don't, you know, I think it might just be the the clientele that are on it. Um, there is... It's a little bit different in terms of um, when you're just kind of swiping on Tinder, you might not get a feel for somebody's personality. Whereas in Hinge, you put up prompts or you put up a kind of, you don't necessarily have um, a biography, but you might say um, like what you know your most unpopular opinion might be, what mm. your ideal first stage is. Um, and you can put all that in and it kind of, it gets the conversation going. So I what I like to do, in. what my simple pleasures are. I'm, you know, I like sport or I like walking or what I like. Exactly. I like oh, I like sunsets. A, yeah, so you're not just getting the hey smiley face yeah. or yeah. you know in your people opening with kind of gifts and memes. You know, it is it's starting a meaningful conversation. So I suppose that's why people and tend did, to like it a bit. Did more. anything result in that hinge experience? Yeah, I did. I got chatting to one or two people. Um, some of the comments are a bit throwaway that you might get or some of the likes um, but you will get chatting to a few nice people sometimes the conversation can just go dead um, you know and that's uh, nobody's fault you know life is busy but then you know you can tell if somebody's not making an effort um, but yeah I got chatting to one or two nice people um, I think in the article that you were referring to there I did go on one date it did now it didn't work out but uh, like I said you know it's nice it's still nice to meet is new that people. the I guy you went and you did the travelling to go to him for the coffee is it yeah I did now he, to be fair he like I travelled and he paid for the coffee so there was a bit of you know <laughs> a bit out there there was you know tis and tat but um, yeah like I said it didn't work out I think I, I had mentioned that Joe, there was kind of a few things that were a bit off and didn't really sit well with me. Um, Do you make I you feel uncomfortable? Um, a small bit, yeah. Um, a small bit, but 
I don't think, you know, he was like, he wasn't doing it on purpose. I, I would hope not anyway. Um, but the personality, the crack just wasn't there for me. So unfortunately that one didn't work out. It so. didn't because you said the tone, the attitude, the humour was negative. There was something to do with the, yeah. you, you patted a dog or something. He wasn't uh, particularly impressed or something. That's, that's a bit daft, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit of a red flag, like, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, yeah. so when, when, when we say meeting in the wild, what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? So that's just kind of your typical social situations. It could be anywhere from a bar. If people don't go to bars, they might meet someone in their local cafe, in their gym, if they... I don't know, go to their local library if they reach for the same apple in the supermarket. So those kind of situations. <laughs> reach for the same apple. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a very romantic view of this whole thing. Um, you kind of so a, like, an electric shock passing from hand to hand. <laughs> exactly, yeah. As opposed to, like, that's my apple, back off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So all those kind of um, situations that I suppose are into your, you know, Joe, the online dating or going out and getting drunk with your friends and stuff which kind of seems to be the two main ways these days um so yeah kind of social clubs you know running clubs um whatever people get up to um they're kind of often a nice way as well to kind of meet somebody very organically and um joe things might kick off from there so yeah it's whatever people i suppose it's whatever you're into you know whatever your hobbies are you know because i know they do say that opposite tracks but you kind of also want somebody who's into the same things as you. So if you are going to the gym four to five days a week, so maybe get checking to somebody in the gym. And it doesn't have to, like, you don't have to rock up straight away and be like, do you want to go on a date with me? So it could just be, you know, one day saying, hi, hello, or... This is exactly what Maureen was saying earlier on. Um, she asked somebody for their mobile number. Maybe, have you ever done anything like that? I mean, you, you've done the pubs and the bars and the cafes and the walks and the markets. And did you ever just... Yeah. Make the I first did move. try at one stage and um, I remember this is a while back now but I said it to one of the guys in a cafe and I said that would Joe would be nice to get drinks or a food sometime yeah. and he was like oh yeah yeah he's like I'm, he said I'm teaching a class he was a jiu-jitsu teacher and he said I'm teaching a class now this evening but maybe another time but at that stage I thought that was just absolutely no and I <laughs> I haven't gone back, but do you um, think it was actually yeah. no? Do you know what I mean? See, it could be, and it could like. And to be fair, it would have been a very nice way of saying no. But um, oh, I think you have to believe Joe, the nicest and the, and the best of people. That's Joe. He was telling the truth. No, but. I know that. It's just it would be very hard for you to go back a second time. It's a brave move to make to get uh, you know. Um, it is. even to let be let down gently. It's still a, it's still a brave thing to do. You know. It is, but I think as well, I often say to like even my friends and stuff, I kind of have trouble taking my own advice sometimes, that the worst somebody can say is no. And if you can deal with that, then just go ahead and ask. Do you know, it's not that, you know, the whole world is going to burn to the ground because somebody said no, do you know? So I would always say, Joe, take your chance and shoot your shot. And mm. Joe, it could work out for the absolute best. So you are probably, you know, better off asking and just seeing... Cold, well, yeah. What you did ask was your, your friends uh, about setting mm-hmm. you up on a blind date. Any success there? Not at the moment, no. We're still we're still digging around for that. Um, but it does seem to be that either everybody's in a relationship or is 
gone abroad. They're either in a relationship, you said, or they're in Australia. In Australia, yeah, that seems to be too. Um, some of them are in Canada as well, to be fair. You know, there's more diversity. Um, but yeah, it seems that everybody, you know, in one way or another is kind of unavailable. Um, so, or is yeah, it we'll that? See, we'll see. Or is it that there just aren't a whole lot of single people out there? Yeah, I do feel like, I don't know, from my point of view, I felt in my age group, after COVID, I feel everybody got into a relationship and it's great because obviously they're working out for people and they're still in the relationships and all the rest. But yeah, it does seem that the there does seem to be very few single people out and about. And, you know, it's, mm. it's kind of tricky as well because if you do get chatting to say, let's say somebody, you know, at a, at a run club, you don't know if they're if they're single or not straight away and it's kind of it's a tricky thing to bring up because you don't want if they are in a relationship you don't want to feel like now you won't be a fool but you would kind of look like a or you'd feel like a fool so it's kind of hard to judge those kind of yeah, scenarios of, yeah it is yeah, yeah. And, and you have to it, it would it be kind of spooky to, to google somebody or, or to check those kind of things on social media I wonder yeah I would like I wouldn't I you're probably better off just asking or you know there are probably so ways that you can let it slip into conversation you know you could be like oh Joe lucky is the girl or man whoever who has you at the moment and then they might be like oh well Joe I'm actually I don't have anyone at the moment I'm single you know there are ways of Joe but I suppose when you are speaking to somebody in the moment you don't think of those things because you can't rationally think of what to say I think you just kind of all out of your head, you know. As in, well, like, what, what did you, what did you describe that recently in the article? Of what was it again? You said uh, a brain, a brain, a brain fart. A brain fart. Yeah, yeah. What so is that? Really Losing the ability is. to speak, is it? It is. Yeah, it's just kind of like a little kind of a burp that you just, you know, everything just kind of goes. Uh, all cognitive function just gone. All cognitive um, function. <laughs> <laughs> you said yeah, if I came fun. across a single person now, I think I was looking at the same way a gorilla would look back at humans through the glass at the zoo. <laughs> oh yeah, just completely fascinated. Like you know, they're rarity now at the moment. So, <laughs> what about yeah, a matchmaker? What about a matchmaker though? That must be next on your list because they're having fierce success. Yeah, they are, to be fair. And I know Marie, because I have read stuff, um, I've read articles and stuff that Marie has featured in. So, like, at the moment, um, you know, like, if somebody, it'd be nice to meet somebody for me, but at the moment, it's not my top, top priority. So, I don't know if I'm at the stage of going to a matchmaker yet, but I would, like, I would recommend them to friends who are very serious about settling down with somebody if they're at that stage of their life. Um, and I know, like, the likes of Maraid and Willie Daly and all them, they all have great success. Yeah. Um, yeah. More so than the dating agencies, I would assume. Um, I know some of the agencies have mixed reviews. Yeah, the, um, yeah I, I hear that as well. They're just literally mm-hmm. just about teaming people up and moving them off their books and teaming them up. And yeah. you like, we guarantee you five dates. And that's what they're trying to achieve, really, not not actually matching people properly. Um, they, say, yeah. they say if it's going to happen, it just will. You know, that might be frustrating for people looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. But, and then, and then a, a lot of people find love at work, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we were actually just talking about that today in our little um, work group that it can happen in work and it's a great because of course if you're spending 
hours upon hours of the week with somebody. Mm. Joe, you are going to click with somebody in the in the work setting. Now, I don't want to scare people off. If anybody from my office is listening, I'm not, <laughs> not coming for you now. <laughs> yeah, because so. it would, like, that would be a very dangerous thing to do, approach somebody at work, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, but you know... <laughs> Those I, HR I issues... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think if the, the lines of communication are open, you know, and the, both colleagues know what they're getting into, it can, like, I've seen plenty of relationships, like, in the last place I worked, you know, there's been marriages and kids come along, so yeah, yeah. it is a nice way to meet somebody, and of course, like, if you're working together and you can sustain that level of <laughs> being in your face, in each other's faces, I think, Joe, you know, it's a great, it's great for people if, yeah, they, if it yeah, works out that yeah. way. Or follow all the singletons to Australia or Canada. You're, you're, you say in the article, so this is another Valentine's Day where you'll buy the couple's meal for two, the deals in the supermarkets, and eat the whole lot yourself, is it? That's it, yeah, I must see that. There's a couple of um, chocolates and stuff on, on offer. I can see red and yellow stickers all over the supermarket, so I might head down there. I might join a bottle of something nice, a bottle of bubbly maybe as well, when I'm at it. Sure, why not? Yeah, well, listen, spoil yourself. Happy Valentine's Day, Emily. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Neil. Thanks so much. All the best. Take care. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. They certainly do get involved. Text 0868104106. We're back after 11. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. Neil Prendeville Show, as always, with Mercedes Benz Cork. It's interesting to look at uh, Valentine's because I suppose to, to a large extent, many people, I mean, everyone went out, you know. Went back far enough. Certainly, uh, restaurants had huge bookings. I'm not suggesting that they won't for Valentine's night. But nearly one in three um, adults in Ireland never receive anything for Valentine's Day. It just comes and goes, and nothing's ever happened. And you find that more now are saying that they prefer uh, to cook a meal for their partner. Uh, or indeed, uh, you know, sit down and, and, and do it themselves rather than, you know, getting a takeaway or rather than actually going out to a restaurant or whatever the case may be. 60%, I was reading recently, said they prefer to stay in rather than go out to a restaurant. So I think it's changing in that regard. So they did a survey and found that February 14th made 9% of those who were asked in the survey feel lonely because they don't have anyone to celebrate during Valentine's. So a, for some, there's, there's a drought in that regard. Uh, they also said in the very same survey uh, that um, many of the participants felt, felt that men are forgotten about on the annual day of love. I don't think it bothers us too much, Valentine's Day, whether we get anything. It's nice, but, you know, it's a, I don't mean to sound sexist about it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. I think it's about, you know, um, I suppose as a man, it's about, you know, showing your love for your partner. Uh, Valentine's Day has been celebrated for hundreds of years, though. But where, where to come from? Where to begin? There's, there's a lot of different stories regarding Valentine's Day as to where it started. Now, there were various Christian saints by the name of Valentine, for instance. The most famous was, was the Saint Valentine of Rome. Um, and they say that he was a priest at the time during the, the Roman Empire. And at the time, legend would say that the Roman army were forbidden to marry because the emperor, Claudius, believed that married men didn't make good soldiers. So it was banned. But Valentine didn't agree. And he was he used to secretly conduct weddings of the Christian soldiers back in the day. He was eventually discovered doing it, actually, and was, was executed for it. But very interestingly, then, his remains, or his relics, did a bit of a tour. They ended up in the catacombs in, in, in Rome, uh, and then they were, were moved and 
cut a long story short, they ended up in Dublin. And there is a shrine to St. Valentine in Whitefire Street Church in Dublin. And people, you know, visit there. Certainly people looking for love uh, go there. His bones and a vial of his blood are there in a casket and what have you. There was another legend actually said that um, Valentine was actually arrested for helping persecute Christians to escape from prison in Rome and while he was in prison he fell in love with the daughter of the jailer um, who would visit him and uh, he used to send her little notes um, this is just another story and the little notes would be signed off by saying from your Valentine. And that's where it all came from, the cards and the notes from your Valentine. I pass it on for what it's worth. Text 0868 we got calls on the way. The Neil Prendival Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. Some but another phenomenon earlier on this morning called the foodie call. It's big in America, apparently, they say, where women are happy to go out on a date. They don't fancy the guy or whatever, or the person they're with, and they never will. Primarily, it's a guy, but they go because they want a free meal, and that's it. Full stop. Fella came back to me and says, I'm a single guy in my 30s, and I'm constantly being told by the women in my life that I should pay the bill for every date I go on. <laughs> as in for dinner whatever the case may be I used to pay but with two or three dates a month it was beginning to clean me out why should the man always have to pay are we not supposed to be equal these days it really annoys me the double standards we have around dating a good relationship is a friendship too Uh, he believes that it should be 50-50 or every second time maybe I don't know what your thoughts on that who pays when you go out on the date who pays for dinner who pays for the taxis? Who pays for the weekend away? Anyway, text on that, text 0868104106. As I uh, go back to my phone lines, my, my thanks to Claire who's standing by. But first up, Jackie. Jackie, good morning. Good morning. All right. So um, my understanding of Fred Zeppelin's would be a bit, um, a bit of a, it would be a rocker's pub. Would it be a biker's pub? Yeah, well, it used to kind of be, you know, we used to go for Mojo's over to Fred Zeppelin's. Some great live Chicago, music in there as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay. you so got to get the leathers on. Oh, you have to get your leathers on, yeah, okay. exactly. All right, so yeah. off you go. All right, tell us the story. <laughs> so on the particular night that I met my husband, I was in there with my sister, and he came in with my sister's boyfriend, and I was at the bar, and he came up and he said, would you like to go out to Vernamount? At the time, Vernamount was doing the racing out there, the bikes yeah. racing up yeah. and down the road. Yeah. And I said, how? And he said, oh, I have a motorbike. And I said, where is it? And he said, it's outside the door. So I went out to have a look. And it's a beautiful Harley Davidson. And I came where back. Where is the name of I was just thinking about, where do you park a Harley Davidson on, on Parliament they Street? Be, they used they used to be across the road, all lined up along the wall across the road. All right, okay. All right. Yeah, 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 up on the footpath, okay. all along the road. Looks so good. I came in and I asked your man behind the bar, had he helmet? And he said he did. So off we went to Vernamont. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Right, okay. But you'd have to like your, you'd have to like your bikes with all the dates on the back of a bike. Yeah, well, I used to say to him, it was your motorbike, you know, it was your motorbike done it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Would you, have, you you been, know have you been away fun. for a weekend on the Harley? Oh, loads of times. Where loads you, of so times where would you go? Years. Oh, my God. Oh, loads. We, mainly now we used to go to um, a place called Kilmeaden in Waterford. Right. They used to have fantastic weekends up there. You bring your tent on the back of the bike. I used to have my leather jacket, and the, I still have it. My bike, my leather jacket with all the different zips. And in one zip, I'd have a pen stick, if, if anyone on the, on the radio will understand what that is. No, what is it? Makeup. 
it's just a little makeup. It was a little pen stick of foundation makeup. In the pocket, then you'd have your lipstick, little mirror, your mascara, and a couple of um, fresh underwear. All and right. So you, you went on so the back if you're, of a bike. if you're off for a few days on the back of a bike, you have limited luggage with you. Oh yeah, limited luggage. It wasn't about that nowadays. Uh, you know, and yeah, but but what about the weather? <laughs> the Irish weather up in the back of the bike, and it's howling with wind and rain. What Neil? I never remember it. It was always the June weekend, yeah. and it was always beautiful. It was yeah. always beautiful. I've hundreds of photographs of it. Does he I love in the little tents and you know? Does he love you more than the Harley? Do you think? I say it's 50-50. He still has Harley Davidson's like, you know, so he still loves them. Oh, I mean, he's, he's, but, changed, um, he's changed the bikes over the years, has he? Um, that particular one, I know he still has it. It's an old 45. There's the year 45. It's an army bike. Cool. So he still has that. But, you know, it is, it is, um, it is a hobby for him now. Ah, uh, listen, know? there's something beautiful about a Harley Davidson. There really and truly there is. is. So this is, is Mick, who so you fell in love with. Yeah, absolutely. I do got you... my husband because of one. And do you, do, I mean, <laughs> have you driven it yourself? I did drive it one time years ago. He had a little sportster and I was able to drive that because it wasn't so high up. But now I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't have a clue. Like, I'd die you now if I had to do a test or anything, you know. I'd probably die even if I had to go on the back of one now, do you know? Right, so how long ago... I think uh, of all we went through, I and know. I know how we're alive. I know, I know. Oh, sure, listen, tell me about yeah. it. It's tough being up on a bike yeah. on Irish roads. Never mind the state yeah. of the roads, but also cars aren't all that kind to bikers, I can tell you that. So anyway, that how, long ago, how long ago was that when you first met in Fred Zeppelin's? Um, 32 years ago. Ah, go away out there. And she settled down? Do you have yeah. kids and all that? Yeah, we have three kids now. One lives in Dubai. She'll be 31 in March. And 26. And a 22-year-old in Limerick. Um, in college ah, and that's a, a beautiful story yeah. all starting in Fred's yeah. he's away in he's Copenhagen though is he he is he walks away he walks away so he's in Copenhagen and I I, I slipped a card into his backpack the other night so I must text him now to ask him did he get it oh uh, was because and, he said um, I pulled out my, I pulled out my one then did you see my card no 1998 the same card since 1998 at 26 years old today <laughs> He recycles. Yeah. He recycles it. Yep, I do. I do. I You're... recycle the same card every year. And do you write an extra note on it every year? I don't. I don't. I do write all the places he's been though when when he's not here. Oh my So there's God. Denmark, Sweden, Granigan, Dublin, and now Copenhagen. This ah, year. that's just lovely. That is just lovely. Yep. that's lovely. What a lovely yeah. way to do it. Yeah, so he said to me, do you want flowers this year? And I said, no, I'd, I'd love a massage. There's a girl back up back our road and she does massages. So when he was leaving Monday morning, when he was gone out the door, I came in and there was 50 up in the counter in the kitchen for the massage. That's love. <laughs> that is love. That's just pure love. You got a good one there. You got a good one yeah. there. Yeah, all the way from Mallow. All right, great story. I love it. Stay, stay <laughs> listening, Jackie. That's a great story in regards to Mick. He might even be listening over, over on overseas. I should say you'd never know. Anyway, let me just keep get uh, stuck in. Claire's been holding. Claire. Hi, how are you? Was your now husband actually christened Podge, or is that a nickname? <laughs> no, he's uh, Podrick. Everyone calls him Podge, and no, people do with Podricks. They call him Podge. So we're, we're this yeah. is um, this is another kind of a musical event. This was a gig in uh, 2011, was it? 
Yeah, it was um, too many DJs in the Savoy there when the Savoy used to be around, they used to be rocking. But um, we were, we didn't know each other, obviously. We just met that night inside there. We actually met outside, would you believe, after. Um, and we just went to, back to kind of a house party, but it wasn't really a house party. Anyway, it ended up being somebody that we both knew. Um, so we were just chatting, whatever, friend went away, I went away home because it was boring. And um, then I got a message then on Facebook Messenger a couple of weeks after from Hodge wanting to know would we go on a date so I was like oh Jesus that's great yeah we go yeah, on a date and then yeah. um, so of course you wouldn't bother you wouldn't bother making the first move yeah oh yeah leave it up oh, to him Jesus. no way are you joking <laughs> I'm trying to encourage more women to make the first step this morning but anyway go ahead <laughs> um, so we went on the date anyway and we had a great time but I was actually meeting my friends after because I said like, if the date doesn't go well now, you know, I still have plans for after. So I was going to stay with him for an hour or two. And then I had brought a change of clothes with me then to meet my friends to go out, out properly. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, <laughs> we we got on famously. He came to, we were actually going to another gig with my friends after that. So we went to that. And sure, we, we were seeing each other then for six months. And we were having a great time, loving life. And then he says to me that he was heading off to Australia. And like to this day now, Neil, he 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 would still say, "I told you, I always told you, I was going to Australia." And I said, "No, you you absolutely never told me, because if you told me you were going to Australia, then sure, why would I have bothered yeah, you know, carrying yeah. on seeing you? Like yeah. that would have been the point." The only thing I can say so, about um, that it was that he was right not to tell you, because if he had told you, you wouldn't be talking to me about the fact that he's your husband, Podge. But anyway, so, but like know, you, yeah. you, what you wonder with the six months in a relationship with you, was he was he having pangs of um, you know was it was it kind of thinking oh no maybe I won't go to Australia? I don't know. You see, because back then, like we were deep in a recession and there was no work around, so I'd say he was going off his head, you know, with nothing to do and there was no work and stuff, and sure, like. You know, it's not an ideal situation okay. to be in. Okay. So, so he, so he, anyway, he, did, he went way off. He, he, yeah, but I, and, and I, I mean, I just I don't mean to be labouring the point. But you didn't think about legging it with him, no? Yeah, I didn't. I've already been past really. Okay. <laughs> been there, done that. So off he went. Do you think that was the end yeah. of it? Yeah, I did, of course, yeah. yeah. Off he went, so I was bawling. I was so upset. Yeah, it was awful. And I and like I, I don't think I've ever actually been heartbroken in my life until, like, then. Then I was actually heartbroken. Because did you think, you'd, you think you'd lost the one that was meant for you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I know now that sounds like pure cheese fest, like, but, Jeez. you know, when people say... <laughs> <laughs> when people say, oh, I found the one. Like, I'd be like, ah, go away now, will you get a grip? Like, but I actually really did. When he left, I was like, oh, no, that's it now. That's him now. He's gone. I'm going to be a spinster now for the rest of my life. Not that there's anything wrong with being a spinster. But <laughs> How old were you at the time? Uh, 31. All right, okay. So what mm. happened next anyway? He's like 12 hours so, up, 12, or 12 zones away from you. Yeah, so he went away off anyway, and of course, like we never said we'd keep in touch or anything because sure it was you know it was just awkward like but then anytime I'd get drunk or anytime he'd get drunk which would be every weekend we'd end up ringing each other and we'd be chatting for ages and ages and sure like that you know that, that, that's awful like sure that's not helping anybody so anyway as time went on I kind of said to him look I was like you have to stop ringing me now because this is heartbreaking like you know, I need to try and find somebody else now, somebody uh, new, because I need to get you out of my head now. This is a total well, head wreck. 
Yeah. Yeah. So oh. I deleted his number anyway. Did you? Phone. You and, deleted uh, his number? Oh, Jesus, I did. I did, I did, yeah. I had that. Because it was a head wreck me, like, do you know? Did you like, tell him you were deleting his number? Hmm? Did you tell him you were deleting his number? I can't remember. Yeah. He probably did, not me, yeah. Probably yeah. did. Now, nowadays um, you can block numbers I don't know if you can do that in 2011 but that's what you did anyway I know but you see if you block someone then they're gone they're gone forever you know and like if there was if the door was open even a little smidgen you know they can't get in touch at all so I, I wouldn't really be blocking anyone now but anyway mm. so um, so anyway yeah that was it and sure he kept he, he'd still be ringing me like even though I kind of said you know don't so we were still in touch anyway Fast forward to March 2013, and he said, I rang him one night, and I, I must have, oh yeah, because I had the number, because he would have been ringing me anyway, so I had the number again, and I said, look, Padge, I said, I'm going moving to Galway. I said, I'm sick of being single, and I'm going up now, and I'm going to, I always fancy living in Galway, so I'm going to Galway now, and I'm going to meet a new man, and I'm going to have a great time, and I won't be single anymore. So he was like, grand, grand, well, he, I don't know what he said, actually, he probably didn't say grand, grand. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so that was March. Then I was working up in Burke's Pharmacy in Mayfield at the time. So one afternoon after work, six o'clock, I came out the door of Burke's Pharmacy, the third of May, gorgeous evening. Went around the corner. Wait, 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 you, this, was in, this was in Galway? No, I never moved. You never moved? I said I was going to move. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, I just want to be clear. Yeah, I was getting my P's and Q's together and getting ready for the move. Um, trying to find work and a place to live and stuff and uh, so like all that was taking time you know so anyway I came out to work one evening the 3rd of May and lo and behold who is sitting around the corner in a black BMW tanned and tall and gorgeous Odie Podge he was after coming home and I never knew like I was surprised <laughs> now <laughs> now Podge would say now to this day that he was coming home anyway <laughs> like that, you know that it wasn't for me and if he's listening now I'm so sorry Podge I know you're mortified <laughs> You've never got him to admit or confess that actually, because it was March, you said you were going to Galway, and it was the yeah. first week in May, less than yeah. two months later, there he is mm-hmm. on the street corner, yeah. attended Adonis in a black Mayfield. beamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I nearly died. I actually nearly died. Now, Neil, I never, ever want to be stuck for words like, but honest to God, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't talk. I didn't know what to say. I just didn't know what was happening. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that conversation on that I card? do not of course I don't no no no. but was it like tell you what we about. into each other's arms and professing undying oh. love and a big smoochy <laughs> kiss nothing like, anything like that no Jesus no there was probably the big kiss alright but I can tell you now there was the proclamation oh of love oh my god <laughs> so it was the threat of moving to Galway and blocking him Ah, he did yeah, come back for I you. You so. know he came back for you. He oh, did of course, of course he did. Yeah, of course he did, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. so um, it, yeah, that's it. It's kind of amazing in the 10 years since that you never got him to confess to it. <laughs> I know, I know, and I bring it up every time we're out together if he's after a few drinks and if, you know, if he'd be a little bit more oiled up that I might say, I know you came back for me and he'd be like, I did not go able yet. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if Fodge is listening, right? And he, and he will admit to the fact that he came back because he had an undying love for you and he left Australia in six weeks and came home. If he'll admit to that on this Wednesday morning, I'll send the two of you to the Metropole for a romantic overnight. Oh, 
Jesus, I'll have to get Anthony there. Only, only though, if I can get him on the air here to admit it. Oh. <laughs> he probably says he's too busy. I'm too busy to come on the radio. <laughs> well, you can use your own powers of persuasion to make him think elsewhere, otherwise, and see how you get I know, on. Yeah. Because that's yeah, a, that's so. a that's a beauty. That's a great story. I know. Really I know. There was parts of that so story I could feel your pangs of love, lorn lost. Oh, I was so upset. I was actually so sad. It was awful. The heartbreak was awful. It was right, terrible. Okay, okay, go talk to yeah. him and come back to me. All right. <laughs> yeah, go on. So. <laughs> go on. Get working on it and see how you get on. Vicky, good morning. Morning, how are I, you? I can think of nowhere better to go for a nosh after a night out than hillbillies on Grand Parade. Am I right? You are 100% right and you might even get yourself more than a breast and a bun. You better believe in going on a Tuesday you get two snack boxes for the price of one. <laughs> I wasn't really there for the two for one deal but I definitely got one. <laughs> how did it come about? <laughs> So I, I kind of took the long way around uh, in getting to college. So I didn't really have the college experience. So my friends who were in college were like, come on a college night out, like you won't like regret it. So I said, fine. And I was in, I think it was Cubit. And I was like, I'm leaving. This is not my vibe at all. 2009-ish, was it? Yeah, oh nine, yeah. yeah. Um, so I said, I'm getting a breast in the bun now and I'm going home. And um, so there was a bit of a queue and Jason was working on the door. So he was actually the security on the door. Um, so he just put his hand out across me, this big muscly tattooed arm across the door to like wait, you know, to go in. And I was like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, how are you? Are you drunk? Oh, yeah, flaming. <laughs> so I, I just said, um, do you have a girlfriend? And he said, I don't. I said, do you want one? <laughs> and he said, I'll take your phone number. And I gave him my phone number. And um, You know Dorman get proposition all of the time. All the time, all the time. So I was like, I, I actually, I just thought he was hot, you know. So I was like, Era, if he texts, if he texts me, he texts me. So he did, and he actually was from y'all. So, and I'm from Blackrock. So I was like, oh, shit, this is never going to work. But anyway, he, he drove up and he brought me to Gogo's on the Douglas Road. So that was our first date for a cup of coffee, but neither of us drank coffee. So I was like sipping on a cappuccino going, this is disgusting. No, 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 not ideal, <laughs> um, not ideal, no, no. Yeah, no. so that was the first date and I went home. Uh, he dropped me home and... My mother said, come in help me at the dinner. And I was like, Mom, I'm going to be peeling potatoes in y'all for the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm going to live in y'all. And I, I, do, I do live in y'all now. Um, we're married since 2016. But we, um, our registry office was up in the registry office or whatever in Cork. And, and as this gets better, yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went... To, we had a registry with all our, our close family and then we actually went to the Silver Key. They hosted us there. We had a brilliant um, after there. And then we said, come on, let's go in where we met. And we went in for a hillbillies at like half twelve, one o'clock in the morning. And and I was in a wedding dress. You know, I have a photograph of it here. 
<laughs> so that was so I have a photograph no, here of yourself and Jason right outside Hillbillies and who's in the background holding the door I don't know I don't know but I have no interest if, if that was another doorman I already another doorman <laughs> <laughs> looking at the camera and I did I went in there and this girl went I'm sorry are you did you just get married and you're in Hillbillies I was like yeah it's a funny story we actually met here and um, so no one was taking any notice of us really he did get more than his breast in a bun, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. He's a wife now and two boys. Oh, and we're happy out down in y'all. I have to ask the question, though. The next morning when you woke up after, do you have a girlfriend? Do you want a girlfriend? You're hot. <laughs> like, did you regret it? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I would be very... Um, uh, outspoken and confident I suppose like like one of your previous callers that the worst someone can say is no I know I think that there probably are thousands of stories of romance that started in places like Hillbillies or the queue in KC's in Douglas do you know what I mean? Definitely definitely so like we met quite organically you know a lot of my friends there were meeting people online or not meeting people out on a night out you know no one's really talking to anyone so like I mean just go up to someone and Tell them they're hot and do the other girlfriend and can I have your number? That's it. That's it. What have you got to lose? Everything to gain. What have you got to lose? And look Everything at you now. Lose. You should get you should get some sort of a, a, a discount at Hillbillies or a, one of those cards. I should, like one a of those cards for card, life, like yeah. the gold card for Hillbillies. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the breast and the bun, but give me a dinner box any day and I'm yours. Yeah, listen, anything from Hillbillies at all would do me now, to be fair. Anything to stop the cooking. That's fabulous. It's a great photograph as well. Hang in there, Vicky. Thanks for sharing the story. We'll see what we might be able to sort you out with somebody between now. Uh, actually, you know what? You'd never know what would happen between now and midday. I won't say any more about that until we get another couple of calls on the air and then we'll make a call on our different prizes. We've got some great uh, giveaways for you all week, courtesy of ourselves. And the Metropole Hotel with lovely overnight stays for two, beautiful dinner in the Met, and then a gorgeous breakfast in the morning, treats in the bedroom and beautiful sea, uh, sea views to hear me views, beautiful view uh, of the River Lee and the city of Cork so keep another keep those texts coming we'll see how many we can do between now and midday tomorrow's another day because we have these prizes every day this week so we'll talk to Deb after the break text or WhatsApp Neil now 0868 104 106 the Neil Prenderville show okay. on Red FM I know Valentine's Day is today and I'm concentrating on uh, you know the day that's in it but many of the texts I won't get to till tomorrow and we'll do other things tomorrow and indeed on Friday because Thursday and Friday we also will have wonderful four-star Metropole Hotel giveaways but as an added bonus we have some lovely bouquets of flowers some Shandon flowers as always and thank you uh, to uh, Stacey for sorting us out with that uh, as usual so um, these you'll have to collect them yourself incidentally guys but we'll, we'll give those away just before midday it's lovely to see people married happily 59 years next July hi Billy he says I was going on the night shift in the oil refinery one night in 1964 so he says, I walked from near Douglas to Cudmore shop outside the Coliseum to get the 11 o'clock bus to the refinery. That's a fair old walk. I was about half an hour early for the bus, so I nipped across the road to the Refinery Social Club opposite St. Patrick's Church. 
That's another new one on me. I saw this beautiful redhead in the crowd. We had one dance and made a date for the following Sunday night outside the Savoy. I rushed back out and got the bus to the refinery. We'll be married 59 years next July. Isn't that just a beautiful story all on its own? My husband came home from nights uh, this morning and asked me, where did the roses, the wine and the chocolates come from? Uh, I told him they were from him for Valentine's Day and, <laughs> and that he owed me 40 euro. <laughs> He was buzzing that he did so well on the 40 euro. Can't come on air. I'm at work buzzing with my hall, says Laura. That's one way of sorting the problem. Buy it yourself and bill him. You say to him, revolute me the 40 euro now and do it fast. But anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Debbie, good morning. Or is it Deb? My apologies. Morning to you. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I love the way people are sharing their stories this morning. So what have, what have you got for me? Don't mention Happy um, Valentine's to my husband, you say, Alan, because he's been up all night. I know. What I happened? know. I feel so bad. What happened? So, like, yeah, I just have to take accountability for it. I felt so bad. So, basically, I had the care booked in for an NCT and totally misread the message so I didn't realise the NCT centre takes appointments like quarter to three in the morning It's 24 hours so isn't it? I, I didn't know that I didn't know that so I thought it was like quarter to three in the day and then a few like two days ago I got a message saying you know it's a midnight appointment I was like what? A midnight appointment? I'm at work so Alan has a heart to go he does absolutely everything for myself and the kids you know within a heartbeat he wouldn't even ask um, he was like, there's no way you're going down that hour on your own, Deb. I'll, I'll sort it out for you. But um, I totally misread the message. You, like, just to explain, the NCT <laughs> sent you a cancellation email for 2.45. 2.45 on the morning of the 13th. So realistically, we should have gone after midnight on the 12th, if that makes sense. But I just thought, OK, the 13th, which is yesterday, quarter three in the morning, that has to be the day. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so he, he nonetheless he came home. So he went down early to put car or get diesel in the car, and to um, see could he get seen faster. And got down there. He waited four hours. I said, I'll keep my phone on, make sure you're safe coming home. And he was like, I rang you like five or six times. I come home, you're snoring your brain. <laughs> I was like, Is it sorted? He was like, It's not even open. I was like, And then it dawned on me. I was like. I gotta fess up. I can't because the poor guy in the NCT are gonna get the pain for it. I was like, I said, I'm so sorry. He was like, so I'm you sent him two forty-five in the morning appointment, as in the middle of the night, to yeah. the NCT and y'all. Yes. And uh, and he did it in a happy. And 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 course. it wasn't open. It wasn't open. It so wasn't Little open. Island must be twenty-four hours, and he sat outside yeah. a closed NCT. Yep. As he would, he'd go to the end of the earth for us. And he just Absolutely. he just sat there yeah. with all the lights off and the shutters down for how long? He was like, I can't understand it. So he was ringing me, and cr- like I said, I'd be awake. I was just <laughs> <laughs> he needs his head tested. He needs his he head tested. He was, like, I, he was like, Are you actually for ser- Like, are you for real, Debbie? You said it was whatever. And I was like, So when I read the message, I was like, Oh my God, it must have been yesterday morning. He was supposed to go down. He was like, I'm going to bed. No, it's probably two forty-five in the afternoon. No, 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 it's in the morning because I got a message saying after midnight. It's my own fault. I misread it. I totally misread it. But he's so a how, long, how long did he sit there? Um, he went down early, so he left after twelve o'clock just to like go down and see could he be seen early. And he was like, "I'll just wait till the actual day, the time of the appointment." Surely somebody will show up, like so. He went early, thinking he was like going to get in there earlier, but no. 
but it was a hundred percent my fault. I came downstairs and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. But he's had to go. He was this, la- was this last night? Family. Yeah, just this morning. This morning. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He was like, yeah, your flowers are on the counter. He <laughs> <laughs> got your flowers. Oh. I know, I was like, do you want the flowers back? He was like, teddy. Oh, you're fine. I love you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he gone to bed now? <laughs> yeah, he did. And I wouldn't mind my neighbour. My neighbour's got new windows in. So like, it was like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> so he's like, I might as well get up and get, get the Callum ready for school. And he's just, yeah, he's just got a heart of gold. He'd do anything for anyone. And he's a fantastic husband and a father. And oh, we love and appreciate God. him so much. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry the NCT gender in y'all gets blamed I am 100% at fault <laughs> and he still has to get the car NCT for you yeah yeah so uh, but he's bringing it to care on Friday for me <laughs> he's still going to bring it to care on Friday for me it's amazing we got it at 9 o'clock in the evening but he's yeah he's one in a million he don't even is. talk he's about com- don't even talk about appointments at the NCT my god I was mm-hmm. on to them recently for an appointment uh, was it last week I did all that stuff online and everything they gave me an appointment for the 24th of August <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I know. It's hard, isn't it? Because, like, I drive away quite a lot from my job as well, so I need the car on the road. <laughs> I'm always funny, worried. Though. And he was like, I'll sort it for you, you know. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, That's I owe him an apology. So what are you going to do about it to make it up to him? I don't know. I don't know. We we never get to get out. We never... We have crazy schedules. We never get time together to get out. So I'll have to do something nice for him. I will have to do because he is one in a million. He really he is. He certainly sounds it. Well done. He's Great stories this morning. That's insane. That's <laughs> insane. Sorry. Sitting outside the NCT at quarter to three in the morning. Thanks, Deb. Stay listening. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, Martin got in touch today. Being the week that's in it, I wish to highlight one of the biggest reasons why relationships can so easily fail in today's world. Obviously, I have to protect my identity and the other party here, but I would have dated for the past number of years. During the course of this time, I built up a wonderful friendship with a lovely Cork lady. Which which would have led to a relationship eventually. After a number of weeks getting on fantastically, I was then accused of being seen with someone else. This rocked me to my core. I had met a colleague and going working together, uh, we went to grab some refreshments on the way to work. This was totally innocent on my behalf, but her mistrust issues completely blew me out of the water. This is a huge problem for women today, I believe, because many of our fellow men leave the side down badly. And that means that women have trust issues. But labelling all of us as cheaters or two-timers is unfair. I've had to fight to clear my reputation, which I have done the past number of months. I've always been a one-woman man, and this time of life uh, would never, ever behave in that kind of way. However, and sadly, we no longer speak now, even though we see each other down the local at the weekends. Real shame. We shared a magic and a chemistry that doesn't come easy in today's crazy world. Something that I may never experience again. Many women's previous relationships were were based in trust. The trust was broken and it can lead to the downfall of collapsing relationships in the future. Says Martin, I sincerely hope, Martin, that that works itself out in time. Um, There is some hope and I'm just thinking out loud that you still see her and see each other down the local at the weekends. You'd never 
know with a bit of time uh, that maybe bridges could be rebuilt because clearly you did nothing wrong and it would be great for her to be able to see that and trust you again. I just wish you the best in that regard. Text 0868104106. What we don't get to today, we certainly will get to tomorrow and Friday. Wonderful prizes for the four-star Metropole Hotel. Overnight stay for two in the Metropole with dinner and breakfast in the morning. So, James, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? The story of James and Karen. Let's hear it. So we met when we were 13. Um, we were kind of hanging around with mutual friends. And then we started officially, I suppose, dating at 15. Um, two weeks' time, we'll be together 28 years, married with five children. But I suppose where I go wrong is my wife's birthday is the 13th of February. So I kind of two-for-one deal where one gift does all, I suppose, more than anything else, which is my downfall. No, 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 you're getting that all wrong, man. you got to get a birthday present and a birthday card because a Valentine's card has nothing to do with birthdays. Come on. Yeah, and Joe makes it worse. I woke up this morning, I came downstairs to work and my wife was getting ready for work and there was a card on the table with a little box that she was putting together for my Valentine's. And then it hit me, I did buy a Valentine's card, but it was still up in the press, I forgot to write it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, look, I'll have a few by the time we come home. Why didn't you Why didn't you just go back upstairs Right, take this from someone who's done this in the past Go back upstairs You've forgotten to do it the night before Go upstairs, it'll only take a couple of seconds Write the card, put some nice note in it Or whatever the case may be, seal it Lick it, put it in the envelope Close it, walk back downstairs And put it on the ground Inside the front door yeah, that would mean you know what they say, common sense is not so common sometimes, unfortunately um, I was running for work and I just said, oh I'll have something for you later, and she said, yeah, no problem and we kind of left it at that uh, yeah, yeah, I came yeah. into work, I came into work Neil, and one of our boys were after putting loads of chocolates all boxed up, individual chocolates, so I'm after nipping one or two of them <laughs> I'll try to get something uh, sorted for but you know yourself when you're, you steal, you're stealing chocolates for your wife are you are you broke man do you need a few bob do you need a dig no, out at work or something no, no. What's the, I'll have a nice dinner prepared and we'll go for dinner we're going out on the weekend and we'll have a nice uh, Valentine's then but so what are you so what are you what are you cooking uh, for myself I'll do steak this evening yourself I do but you I'm talking no, about Karen I'll, I'll cook steak for my wonderful wife and my children as well okay because so there's seven of us there and the dog so it's, it's a busy household to get everything done for Valentine's and that's probably going to be the first Valentine's that you've ever done something like that because if you were to confess to it you overlook it every year no some years I can be good to be fair some years I can be good and you know what I actually even bought a single rose the other day for my daughter because I have four boys and one little girl and I was after buying a little rose for her to give to her for when she gets out of bed but I suppose. Oh my God, I man! You have. You have. You have no idea the amount of grief that you could potentially get yourself into. But Karen oh, is I just. Karen is just too patient. You get your daughter a red rose. And she's only nine. This. She's nine. She needs it. She lives in a house of four boys. She needs something special. You get your wife nothing. <laughs> well, my wife is the is <laughs> my wife is the landlord that controls the whole lot of us. But to be fair to her, she's a star for putting up with me and all the lads as well. <laughs> you be making sure of that? Yeah, she is, believe me, Neil. She is more than a star. Yeah, Hence all right. Okay. 20 years together. Get flowers on the way home, right? Get a, okay. box, get a box of chocolates. Get, get a Valentine's card. Uh, get ribeye steaks. 
get pepper sauce, uh, get some rooster's potatoes and chop them really thick and double or triple fry them or deep fry them. Um, you know, uh, get some green veg, um, get some dessert. Um, yeah, I'll bake. No, you know you won't like. You just, you just. I won't. will. Oh no, no, no! I do, I do. That's my, uh, that's my hobby. Neil, I like to bake. What are you going to? What are you going to bake between now and tonight? Well, last night I came home and made lovely cookies for the kids, brownies, and tonight I'll make a chocolate fondant for. It's all about the kids with you, man. You need to kind of start readjusting the radar a small bit here, pal. Yeah, well, no. Karen, 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 Karen. The brownies for Karen last night for her birthday. That's what she wanted to say. She'll get a chocolate fondant. All right. Okay. I hope I've given. I hope I've given you a little bit, a bit of a lesson and a bit of direction in love. All right. You send me. You send me photographs of tonight. Do you hear me? I will, of course. Definitely right. will. Okay. I send you photos of what I make. Yeah, you all better right. make all of that, or you'll be in the doghouse, pal. Oh, without a doubt. If she hears this, I'm definitely in the doghouse. <laughs> the wife is the landlord. Doesn't go down very well. Yeah, exactly. That's true. All right. Go on. Go on. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. And get involved. This is our fa- first Valentine's Day married. We got married in June and it was three years ago today when asked when himself asked me to marry him. In the middle of lockdown, he popped the question half past ten at night uh, when I was heading to bed. I honestly thought he was pulling my leg and I gave out to him telling him it's not a funny joke about something like that. Turns out he actually wasn't joking. So my response was, ah, sure, I will then. Yeah. Half past ten, getting into bed. We got married in June and had the most amazing and magical day. He's been my rock and biggest support. We sadly lost two babies last year and I would absolutely be lost without him. He's the most amazing person you'd ever meet and I'm so glad that he picked me to spend his life with. That's a lovely, lovely. Thank you for sharing that, Eva. The one thing you don't share is your husband's name, but I'm quite sure that he knows that anyway, but it's a lovely story and thank you for it. Uh, the day I pro- planned to propose to my beautiful wife, we were heading up to Cove and stopped at, stopped at Ticknock service station. We went in for a coffee and I bought her a five euro scratch card. She scratched it off and lo and behold, it had three rings, which won her a tenner. I wouldn't let her cash it in and we still have it today. Any second thoughts I had about proposing went straight out the window. It was fate. Three rings on the scratch card. I used it as a prop in my wedding speech at Gary Vaux in 2019. If that doesn't, story doesn't deserve a prize, what does? My wife's father passed away not long before I met her and a medium told her that her dad has sent me to her. I was telling my stepson afterwards and he said, my granddad definitely sent you because you take me to work with you now and that's the job I always told my granddad I wanted when I grew up. So with the three rings on the scratch card on the day I proposed plus the medium, it had to mean something with regards to love. Keep those texts coming. What I don't do today, I'll do tomorrow. Neve, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are Your you? Your best pal is a hairdresser, right? And wh- what did, what did she do? Morning. Yeah, go ahead. She's Nice Moynihan. Um, she's a hairdresser and she's a very, very good friend of mine. And um, I just I was going to the 1975 up in Musgrave Park last year. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you know, around my birthday. And lo and behold, um, we were just laughing, but she put a picture up for me. And the following day, um, I got a text offer to say, look, there's this guy called Alan and I know he's listening at work and he's breaking his heart laughing. I'm dead. I'm actually dead when he comes home from work. And um, she said, look, he is just, 
hound me here for your number and I said no 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 I'm done with men I'm I just have no more time for them don't want anything to do with it I said I'm done so You're allergic to men birthday. allergic, allergic to, men. Yeah. to men for I whatever reason the man here now that can restore my faith in them right. that's how wrong I was <laughs> um, so I was going off my birthday had gone back up to the salon to get the hair done again and the picture went up and lo and behold she rang me and she said look He's really no admin. He's like, he has to get your number. And I was like, right, okay. I was like, sure, look, tell him he could add me on Snapchat. And we started talking the day before my birthday. And I thought, right, okay, look. And then he asked me out the week after my birthday, would I go to the Tongsing and Blarney? And I was 45 minutes late going up the stairs and the walk was up the stairs, down the stairs, up the stairs. I was like, I'm not going in. It took me another 15 minutes to get in. I think he'd about three pints. But eventually I mustered the courage to go in and start going in. Move around there, Niamh. Move around just a small bit. You had, you had seen a photograph of him before all of this, had you? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah so you know you're looking for and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and I, he just looked up at me, and that was it, gone. Big husky blue eyes, and I just went, oh, oh. And from husky, there on, we went Husky more blue deep. eyes. That's an interesting description, husky, someone said. Oh, he's he's gorgeous. So, um, fell madly in love, um, and um, just started our life. And eight months later, out in New Year's Eve, looking at the fireworks, um, yeah. I turned around just as the last firework was going off and he got down in one knee. And I think the funniest thing is I got two weeks later that I fell off the step in shock. I didn't know what was going on around me, but I did. And we're engaged and we have a date set and he has restored my faith in men and I'm absolutely in so much in love with him and he's the kindest, gentlest man you could ever Well, fair play to Alan. I can tell you persistence paid off in the end, didn't it? It did, and actually, Neil, I know you pretty well. I was the girl that came from Blackpool with the problem of the vermin in in Blackpool. If you recall that, I do, I do, I do. I I'm, do. I'm very, I'm very happy now. We we got a new home, and um, we never gave up the fight. And life is really, really good. Isn't that really fantastic? So when when did you and when did you and uh, Alan, Alan actually get engaged? We got engaged um, New Year's Eve. Just, wow. I'd say about a second after between 23 oh, and 24 so okay that's fabulous so life really is working out for you time is an amazing oh, thing it isn't is. it it is and it's a great healer and as I said there is there is men out there that yeah. are very kind yeah. and beautiful souls and he'd do anything for me and I just want to say because I know you're listening at work I'm sorry that you're getting the banter off the lads but I adore the ground you walk on babe and happy Valentine's right, that's beautiful I'm delighted for you I'm going to organise a bouquet of flowers for you Thank you very much. For please. you and for Thank Alan. You. So go pick them up yourself at, uh, at Shandon Flowers. Uh, I'll send all the details up to Stacey. Have a great Thank day. And much. listen, do stay in Thank touch. Delighted for you. We will. Okay. Thanks very much. Take care. Right. Uh, what am I going to do prize-wise? Um, we're going to have more prizes again tomorrow, of course. But just the last couple of days with regards to our wonderful giveaways for the Metropole. These are overnights for the Metropole. I loved Chloe's story yesterday about herself and her boyfriend and, uh, you know, dating during lockdown and not being able to go out. And he, they would have Zoom holidays together during lockdown. He'd change the backdrops and he'd dress up in all the different clothes. He'd be at the Arctic, Arctic Circle. He'd put out crazy, goofy gear and pretend that they were at Disney World and things like that in Paris where 
wearing a French beret and you know I just thought that was a lovely lovely cause so we've got an overnight for Chloe uh, at the Metropolitan Hotel um, and then there's a lovely some other great stories about Deirdre's story who met her husband during the job interview over the off licence in Blackpool another lovely lovely story so we'll organise a, um, uh, an overnight as well for the Metropolitan Hotel uh, for Deirdre and indeed for Chloe and their respective partners and then we've got some lovely flowers courtesy of ourselves for the day that's in it courtesy of everybody at uh, Shandon Flowers so we started off this morning with Joanne's very funny call with her husband who was flatulating in the ensuite. Um, so the day can only get better for Joanne when that's how it starts. So we got flowers for you. Vicky had the story of going to uh, to Hillbillies in the wedding dress because that's where she uh, met and decided she was fixated with the doorman and the rest is history. Uh, Jackie met her fella in Fred Zeppelin's and went out on the Harley Davidson. Another great story this morning. I wish I had more. Claire's lovely story of the Tandadonis that fecked off to Australia and then came back also uh, will reward her with a bouquet of flowers. And Niamh had her photo posted in the salon just there uh, and her friend actually. The friend's persistence and indeed Alan's persistence means that they got engaged on New Year's Eve. Now, uh, we'll have more to do tomorrow and indeed on Friday, so our lines will stay open. You can text 0868-104-106, but I'm over time. Have a good day. Enjoy Valentine's Day. I'll see you tomorrow. When court talks, car people blow my mind. They talk to Neil Prendeville on Red FM.